He's got a bucket full of dirt. I'm gonna sing him a song. He's got a bucket full of dirt. And a 50 cal on his garbage truck, also full of dirt. He's Coddington, and he's got a bucket full of dirt. He's trash in Florida, and he likes to nap. He's got a bucket full of dirt and a garbage truck with a giant gun on the side. He'll, he'll ban you once and he'll ban you twice And he never lets nothing slide He's a Florida man named Coddington Bear <laughs> Yeah <laughs> the, uh, the old banning Getting banned live Right on. Well, yeah, welcome. We are live, officially. I got Coddington Part 4. <laughs> 4.0, Coddington. 4. The first one was kind of, I was doing like a separate thing, like a separate podcast, and it got confusing because I had like four different podcasts, and then I was just like, you know what, I'll just put everything into one solid feed and call it a live stream. Um, so I guess you're technically the first one was part of a different podcast, but I'm just going to blend it all into one place for the... <laughs> sake of not being confusing it's been a struggle for me is like in my mind things make sense and then like people out in the world are like confused and to me it makes total sense and to them they don't and i'm sure everyone has like a degree of that but like just sean v planet to me made so much sense and to everyone else in the world it made zero sense <laughs> just explaining it and expanding all this energy expending all this energy like explaining it after a while i'm just like okay i'll just give up on the thing like, I'll, I'll admit defeat and change my name you know um but right on yeah coddington again 4.0 um you can find him at owen comedy on instagram at owen benjamin rep on twitter uh t.me slash owen benjamin comedy on telegram at owen benjamin on gab and unauthorized.tv for just everything. Um, Unbearables Media as well. Is it .com? Unbearablesmedia.com. .com. Oh, yeah, Social Galactic is my favorite. It's the craziest mix of, like, the smart... Like, people who are so smart, <laughs> but, like, also just so wild. Like, unchecked geniuses. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if that's a good way of explaining it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they will not hesitate to just destroy you. Like if I like there was one time I posted like a little theory, like a little like theory about a biblical passage, and I had two people just completely be like, You're so dumb for thinking <laughs> And I was kinda like, Yeah, you're right. I yeah, I should have thought that one through. I should have phrased that better. That's not really what I meant. You're right, I'm wrong. But it's like thank you. 
because if I would have posted that on anyone else, I would have just got reposted, or people would be like, oh, cool, that guy's so smart. I'm going to think like that now. And, like, social galactic people are just like, dude, shut up. <laughs> You're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I just love how simple it is. It's just so simple and straight to the point, like thoughts. Like how Twitter was originally before it turned into nonsense. Um, and so like main mainstream. But it's just that simple short, like there's a character limit. There's not a bunch of memes and videos and stuff. It's just like simple, organized, concise thoughts and discussions. So I like that. Um, yeah, first off, I wanted to ask you how dad life is going. <laughs> oh nice yeah congrats congrats to him yeah we need more Christian babies <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, speaking of that, when are the next uh, two or uh, six of yours coming out? <laughs> next year, yeah. 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 Praise be to God. That's great. Off to I was gonna I was gonna say um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the magazine. I wanted to. Um, I'm sure you know it, but I was, I was going to read just for the audience people um, Owen's opening message from the first magazine. But uh, I just wanted to say just too about like that having Christian babies. Uh, the second magazine title is uh, Planting Seeds for Our Future. And it's just so deep and profound. I love that that's like on the cover of the magazine. That's so great. Um, but... Yeah, so bear with me. I'm going to read this. This is the message from the Big Bear. <laughs> from the Bear Tire Times uh, opening magazine. Uh, Owen, Owen wrote, It is with great honor and humility that I have the opportunity to write to you here in the first Bear Tire Times magazine. The Bear Tire Times has been a wild journey while simultaneously such an obvious and logical path to take. It is amazing to me that so many people related to my story and aspects of my life and feel inspired as I do to build, grow, and crush. So many of us no longer wanted to complain about what is, but instead build what could be. The Bertari Times has a life of its own at this point. I may have revealed the demand, shouted the inspiration from the rooftops, but quickly I began to see legends rise to the calling of this demand. And now we have many dedicated people in the trenches digging out the foundations to a castle that we enjoy building as much as we are excited to see it built. And you were actually literally part of Digging Trenches, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, so many of you know my story. I share hours of my life and opinions every day. You've watched me change my mind, make mistakes, and take things where no one else will. You've seen me at my highest celebrations and my lowest sorrow. Untethered by the expectations and parameters of the mainstream I was once accepted into, I've realized the wilderness I found myself in brought with it a great opportunity to be good. Um... 
And yeah, the rest is amazing too. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of share that um, and kind of just ask you to kind of let the people know or explain to the people what Bertaria Times is, both the app and the magazine. I definitely want to answer that question, but I want to make sure that there's oh, no... Oh, man, I might, yeah, I might have had you muted. I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I'm always messing up on, on our streams. <laughs> I'm either adding an echo to my voice or <laughs> my computer fails or my job holds me over and I have to cancel on you. There's always it, something it wouldn't be a live stream if there wasn't a tech issue. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has them. Well, to summarize, I'm sorry, my bad. I did have you muted. No worries. Muted. I just realized my mistake. To summarize, Coddington has a beautiful, healthy baby girl... He's a friend also is having children. <laughs> We're crushing Christian. Christian babies are being born. Um, and I think that's all we were talking about, right? Good to yeah. catch that early. Not Yep. Baby, baby born today. <laughs> My daughter's doing awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then, so to your question, explaining Veritaria Times, the magazine, Veritaria Times, the app. Um, really, it just came about, um, you know, the, 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 daily in and out of getting frustrated with uh not frustrated but like inundated with um the craziness of the world and like the the uh how do you say like the um everyone constantly bickering on social media it's always political and you, if you get into trutherism there's the the um the constant chase of that uh not adrenaline but the um cortisol drip of like really intense and you know and at a certain point you're like okay i've, I've heard the fighting I, I get how you know it, it's endless bickering and you know you've gone down rabbit holes and you're you know you're looking at what they're doing and then you're like okay but now what you know we're, we're we get it like you you'll you'll hear it almost becomes predictable of like okay blue team said this red team's going to do this or red team said this blue team's going to do that and you're like all that does is just continuously um never really goes anywhere and uh and we we often um had this like saying or idea of uh revelation over revolution a revolution is just a circle and you never really go anywhere yeah. uh it's like when a when a one of those old-fashioned um vinyl record players if you had a little uh dent in the in the record it would just skip so it would it would seem like the song was progressing and then it would hit that thing and start all over again and uh revelation is about getting past that skip and actually you know evolving and, and growing and 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 going somewhere so uh rather than you know and, and they're not to dismiss the um importance of understanding uh what negative things may or may not be coming and and the, and the importance of like keeping your mind uh, clear and being able to see the wolf, you know, that potential is out in the forest. Uh, if you don't have something that like to defend, then it's, it's pointless to, you know, like you should be about building and about uh, creating and not being uh, bogged down with those things. So basically a lot of that was like, let's, instead of fighting what we don't want let's just make what we do let's let's define ourselves by who we are not what we're against and um 
and you know it just little by little it kept you know um progressing in that way you know Bertaria times app we jokingly say but it's true is the most censored app on the internet and it's not because we want to be draconian and have our own it's because we like to have things um you know where you could one of the measurements we have is like you could have your your kid on your lap as you scroll through and you don't need to explain to them you know like what's you know something out of context or some inappropriate photo or just like i said the the kinds of things that occur on other social media um which tend to have their place but we wanted to have um a place that was just nice and uplifting and and being about what, what we're we're building and and creating support network networks in that and the Bateria Times magazine is just an extension of that where instead of complaining about, you know, various control mechanisms and media, whether or not, you know, there's gatekeeping and they'll let out certain information or the information they let out subversive and all that, which again is valid and it's important to be able to understand and dissect those things. But we were like, okay, well, let's have our own media. Let's create our own streaming. Let's create our own magazines. Uh, and the more in life tangible, something is it, it's even better so um you know we have Bertaria times website but to actually have a physical magazine that people can you know tangibly have uh and those stories that um are in there is uh is even better than you know just something in the digital and i would say one of the so far in my opinion my humble opinion uh best management manifestations of that have been the fest was the festival because that's as in life as you get where um you know you really got to experience the best of all the things that we share on the app or um you know informationally like i know when i w um was requesting like uh baby's first foods i had my comment section fill up and there was like all sorts of use useful information that i ended up using um and uh and that kind of thing was like in person just going like tent by tent and and having different uh bears showing like uh just all sorts of use useful information um and getting getting to experience that firsthand was was pretty awesome and then seeing little gravy conversations left and right was cool and seeing people kind of <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> having a good time because uh, that's what ultimately uh, you know, there's a time and place to to gear up and you know fight the good fight, but you're fighting the good fight on behalf of the good, um, and we're we're about building the good. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I know the phrase like overflowing with gravy is used a lot in our community, right? But that's probably the right time and place to explain that. Like it really was yeah. just, and it was just every come every person you meet. Like I'm like. First off, you like, by the way, I, we were both there. We were both at the Baratari Festival. Met you in, the, in real life for the first time. You beat me in Tug of Wars. My, my first, yes, I uh, did. That was fun. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you officially. Now we're going against each other in Tug of War. And then, by the way, Coddington's pulling me into the dirt. So, uh, <laughs> ironically. That was fun. Yeah, ironically. Uh, he, I'm, I'm the one in dirt this time, not him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, and this is like my second major, major thing. I went to the. the pennsylvania fourth of july crush fest but it's just like at both these places like you walk up and a it's like oh hey who are you nice to meet you my name's sean oh my name's andrew blah blah, blah. i'm like oh what's your bear name oh i'm so and so it's like oh, 
oh wow <laughs> like oh i didn't know you were this so and so like we've talked all the time we've shared memes we've laughed we've joked we've been in like bible study groups we're in the legion of bears together you know we're suffering and struggling together in the Legion of Bears together. Like, there's so many things like that where it's like you're just best friends before you've even, like, met in real life. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. And it just skips all that, like, boring small talk introduction. And it's just right to, like, oh, what are your thoughts on this deep conversation? What are your thoughts on this? Like, oh, I saw you mention this one time on, on your stream or on your social media or whatever. Let's dive into that deeper right now. Um, yeah and the gravy just flows you know and then even just random people like you're meeting someone for the first time and like again you just skip that small talk phase you're just right into like we pretty much agree on stuff we might have like debates and like differences of opinions but we're gonna be respectful of those differences and we're gonna have a great conversation like diving into this our theories our thoughts our opinions Um, yeah and it just allows for that like you skip all that like walking on eggshells and like small talk and introductory level thing and it is just ladles upon ladles of gravy being shared and spilled um yeah yeah, it was so great in so many ways yeah and and it kind of reminds me of um uh, during the ursaria build that a lot of people which is kind of crazy to me that i didn't realize how bad like it was really bad during the covid thing as far as like um some people were saying like while they're at Ursa Rio, this is the first time they were around people just not wearing masks. Yeah. And that kind of just blew my mind where it was, it was like they were back to normal from like two years ago. Not like, oh, remember in the 1980s? It was like, no, you remember like two weeks ago or like, you know, two months ago when it wasn't yeah. insane. Um, yeah. But just like the the you almost feel like literally no pun intended, but you can breathe. You know, you're like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm around. I'm around my people. And, you know, a similar thing like you were saying it once you at the uh festival that um you're like there, there's no like kind of feeling out and you know gravy gravy no yes and, you know it's just like yeah. everybody knows <laughs> um yeah. and it, you just jump right into conversations and it's awesome yeah it's never like a feeling of like oh did i go too far oh right. did i shared too much or oh i gotta hold back my thoughts on this you know right um the big thing i've really been interested in for like the last year and a half is um like kind of like the tartaria stuff but like the millennial reign like the idea of like are we living in a post-millennial reign and a lot of me thinks yes right (laughs) but like when i bring this topic up with any of my real life christians it's just completely shot down it's completely crazy i mean even flat earth is just your realm earth whatever you want to call it the fact that we live in like a contained environment created and maintained by god which is biblical, which is clearly like <laughs> the way God created us when he put us and, you know, all this stuff. But like you just bring this up and the fact that like the Bible clearly says it to Christians, right. they shut down. They fight against you. It's like it it disrupts their programming, you know? Yeah. So just to be around like people where it's like even if they completely disagree, like they're just like, dude, no. At right. least you can bring that topic up and have, like, a fruitful conversation about it. You can d- discuss and debate your theories and disagree and still, right. like, have smiles on your faces the entire time. Oh, no, I don't yeah. agree with that. Oh, I do agree with that. But you're still smiling and engaging. And it's not this, like, no, you're wrong. No, I don't want to hear that. No, my programming does not let me compute with <laughs> what you're saying, you know. It's just, yeah. like, this beautiful, healthy energy share. Um 
but yeah, yeah and I so think magical. I mean, that's what everyone's been saying too, you know. And it's also a situation of of where people are um, their their agendas or their uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they're they're going towards the same thing. Everyone's trying to figure out the truth, and because um, I don't definitively like I don't make definitive claims of like this you know unless I'm speaking rhetorically like oh yeah definitely whatever whatever but um to say like I I, I use the phrase operating theory like my current operating theory is and yeah. it's really just a matter of like I'm working this out and seeing what elements of that particular narrative or that particular story check out and kind of click because there's there's a vibe of like like for instance my knee-jerk reaction when I saw, did you see that documentary? It was super long, but the part that was showing that uh, how the moon is basically a reflection of what everything really looks like. Maybe not that specific documentary, but I've, I've been looking into like that. Yeah. And that UN where it would, map that kind of maybe. Well, yeah. And supposed so, UN map or whatever that supposedly shows that as well. Yeah. Right. Well, the UN map was the, so the, the moon thing, um, if it's true shows that there's actually like way more land um but it would hypothetically like that whole one section would be under ice because the part that's melted is where the uh you know like the the negative positive sun moon is spinning so as what that's rotating around itself moves certain parts will uh certain parts of the ice will defrost certain parts will melt which is where the part of the spell of climate change is actually kind of real because that is actually changing certain things, but not really because it's a, I think it's, it's a net zero as far as like, you're going to have the ice make up for it and then you're going to have potential melting or whatever. But anyway, when I was looking at that, it, it had this like click, like that seems true to me. Like it, it had this true vibe, but I'm also trying to work out, um, you know, like the how how what the ramifications of that of like how how do thing how does that fit with other operating theories that I have? Um, but the point I'm making is that when you say those things, it's like th- this is what I think as of now, and these are the pieces of the puzzle as far as I've worked it. But I'm not at all upset if somebody's like, "Oh, this is actually blah blah blah," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're right," because and then I adjust. So, um, but I am on the same page with you as far as like my current operating theory of the um the millennial reign would explain uh the realm wide seemingly like elevated um consciousness realm wide civilization that had advanced technology and why it mirrored because during the millennial reign they they were saying that uh, the nations you know during Christ's reign the nations will still exist and there'll be leaders of the nations but that he's the he's the king of kings um so that all fits as far as like when you're looking at historical sites and the, even the explanation of like all the calendars we're actually saying j and then 100 whatever yeah, so in yeah. the year of our lord is what it was saying and then the millennial reign when it's over according to prophecy then we would be in a uh what do they call it a, a tiny season or a small season uh, yeah i think it's a short season or a tiny right season is the way it's translated yeah but like of Satan being loosed. That's the concept is right. Satan was basically imprisoned for a thousand years. Christ reigned. And then right. there's a little season where Satan is loosed onto earth and kind of, and he's allowed yeah. to deceive. And there's yeah. no question. Here's the parts of the, the puzzle that fit. Okay. 
realm-wide civilization that seems to check out based on the the architecture that was yeah. around. You you could tell people yeah, Australia, knew more than Brazil, Europe, all of it, like every Copper, single. North America, Alaska, <laughs> Mexico, right. well, New England. Well, copper tops like on everything. the buildings is yeah. huge when it, it speaks to, like, drawing in energy. Um, but the other thing is, like, the era that we're in now, where we are we are in a, an apocalypse or a revealing, that there we were under a grand deception. So then you wind that back and go, okay, how long has that been? And you could argue the Tartarian mud floods allegedly in the 1800s, so... Is 200 years uh, a feasible, um, I'm sorry, was it small season? What do they call uh, it? It's a short season or a, short a tiny season. season, I think. Right. So short, if a millennial rain is a thousand years, um, how would a short, you know what I mean? So yeah. that that's it's the part of the puzzle. It's not defined, work. which is kind of annoying, yeah. Right. That's <laughs> a part That's a part of the puzzle where I'm like, maybe, maybe that yeah. doesn't click. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also like end times uh, eschatology that um, gets into, you know, the state of Israel actually does exist. Um, but the reason that, from my interpretation, that there seems to be a clash between Zionist uh, end times, you know, kind of subverted Christianity versus the sect of Christianity that seems to be rising again and true to the original word. Um, the key part of that is that you can't force the hand of God and by trying to put in place the things that were in prophecy instead of having them have having them have occurred naturally because um, that's supposedly what's happening with a lot of these things is that this is what's said to a, that in, in order for these things um, these things have to come to pass in order for the Messiah to show up uh, but we've also been told that no man knows the hour uh, so there's kind of a conflict there where it's like you can't make an agenda of like, okay, by this year, we're going to do all these things so that we can force the hand of God because God's not to be tempted. And also no man knows the hour. So that part's kind of odd to me as far as like revelations and, you know, and like I said, the, the millennial reigns already happened. Um, and also the mark of the beast, um, like the, the horrific treatment of Christians, like as bad as things are now. Um, I mean, if you, it's nothing compared to how like Nero used to feed Christians to lions, you know, like, yeah. yes, yeah. you're going to have your Facebook post deleted, but you're not being fed to a lion. Like let's keep things in perspective. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the gruesome so, one like, I just heard about is, um, Roman candles. Right. Have you ever heard of this Roman, what a Roman candle originally was? I did not hear this, which is pretty gruesome, which is really making me question why we still call them that. But, a Roman candle used to be they would either hang a Christian up on a spike or impale him on a spike right. and then light him on fire alive. Wow. And that was a Roman candle. <laughs> and they would do that as warnings to other Christians or they would do it. I guess the one of the emperors would do it to light his feasts and festivals. So they would light oh them all on like the outskirts of wherever they were having a big banquet or party or whatever for his pagan Roman people, you know. And yeah. then, like, now, like, just flash forward, it's just like, oh, hey, hey, little Billy, go get a Roman candle and light it off on 4th of July to celebrate how great America <laughs> is. <laughs> well, there, there's the so many. Boomer, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, even, like, phrases like rule of thumb, you know what the, you know what the rule of thumb is? No. There was some regulation that you wouldn't get in trouble 
uh, you're allowed to beat your wife so long as what you beat her with was no no larger than your thumb. That's the rule of thumb. So like those <laughs> phrases that we use um, are so like, like common. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's definitely not Roman candle. Yeah. That's pretty intense. But uh, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, no. It, like you're saying of uh, you know to the what we were talking about earlier that sharing kind of different gravy is like oh you know yeah i have this theory and here's where you know uh those things kind of click and it and to have a different part of the puzzle that doesn't seem to fit does not seem to bother anybody where it, it's almost like you're excited at being like ooh, i didn't see that like how how would that fit in you know if if uh you know this theory um because it just refines it you know because you want to know where the uh, blind spots are in the things that you're thinking about. So nobody yeah. gets offended if, if somebody brings up something um, that gives it uh, a dynamic. Yeah. And it's like, there's just, whenever you're exploring, whenever you're seeking the truth about anything, like history, philosophy, there's just layers and levels to it. And certain people can just start peeling back layers and then they reach a point where they're like, I can't go any farther. Right. <laughs> I can't buy into that. I mean, even yeah. in Tartaria, like, let's just say whatever, old world history people or Tartaria believers or whatever, researchers, right. there's like, in that group, there's like Christians and not Christians. Right. And then the Christians will pretty much split into Wiz Tartaria Millennial Reign or not. And then in that group, right. it's like even, and then there's like a group I'm in that's like Christian people who believe that Tartaria was the Millennial Reign. Even in that, there's divides over like what the actual was the was Christ's return um, when the temple fell in 70 A.D. or was it at the fall of the Roman Empire in 355? <laughs> right. Like, there's all these divisions, like that fractal reality, that splitting of the branches, and sometimes people just have to tap out, or they just like to tap out. But at right. least in this community, in bears, and like at these meetups and festivals, it's just a healthy level of like, okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm, you know, it's like right. there's the anger, the fear, the the hate, the resentment is just not there. It's like, yeah, right. you believe something else than I do. Or, oh, that's interesting. I haven't thought about things that way. Or, oh, send me some links. I'll check them out, you know. I'm not saying yeah. I agree with you or believe in it yet, but I'll hear you out. And that yeah. is just what's needed <laughs> on all yeah, levels it... of all truth-seeking is that. This healthy level of, like, discernment, this healthy level of, like, belief where you're not going too far without, you know, proof and evidence and like right. actually finding the truth. But then also just, yeah, like when people have disagreements, just having healthy disagreements, not combative anger, <laughs> despair filled arguments. Yeah. Well, I, I think, um, I don't want to say that we're like spoiled, certainly blessed uh, to be able to see the dynamic between like, being around that kind of environment and then like I'll go and interact with people who aren't like that, who it's almost like a childlike mentality where when they're exposed to something that creates such a level of cognitive dissonance for them or like shocking. Um, I've all, I've, I've kind of uh, changed a little bit with, of how I'll deal with, depending on how rude they are, but um, where before I, I almost kind of like enjoyed showing the mic drop moments to be like, you know, because if they were, you know, like on flat earth or whatever, um, pointing out the P900 in elliptical orbit, 
and how a changing radius would mean you'd have a force which would be measurable and and uh, cosmic sized numbers would people would fly off you know like it wouldn't you know because I've had really intelligent people that I highly respect and I explained it to them and I could see them trying to rationalize because they're like no way where they're going to go down there but they're also super open-minded and we can have conversations where they're like well if it's gradual but if it's gradual it's still measurable um a gradual acceleration is still an acceleration and and at some point it changes from uh increase to decrease in which case everyone would definitely feel it you know it's like going from you know forward to backward you're not like anyway it doesn't matter but um but like having those mic drops, it, uh, it has to matter. <laughs> I'm gonna get mad um, at you right now for that. <laughs> showing those mic drop, uh, even like like uh, you were saying, like Christians who have a hard time, you know, like if I'm being a little frustrated with somebody, I, I came up with a rhetorical tool called a salad bar believer, where you go through the Bible and you're like, I like this and I like this, yeah. but no, I won't have any of that. And yeah. I'm like, it's and I'm not a sola scriptura person. Like I'm not saying. You know, I, I get that there's been translations and it's, you know, you, you look to the, you know, some of it was written in Greek and blah, blah, blah. I get all that. Um, but like to blatantly ignore certain things just because like either it doesn't make you feel comfortable or whatever, yeah. um, I think is a bit much. So sometimes I would point that out of like, okay, here, 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 here and here. Um, but I've, I've come to be a little bit more when I when I run into people who are aren't like super rude or abrasive i i'm not as like in your face rhetorically about it i'd be like well you know maybe check this out you know like i, I, I just maybe, don't maybe look at this yeah. a little bit yeah oh, that's his psalms what's up with that hey you want some homework tonight i got some for you yeah isn't genesis interesting when you think about the waters and the okay. yeah there's something to think we're, about we're deep diving into genesis on my channel next year i'm doing a whole show nice. on it and we're gonna get oh, into so some of that here's a question sure. uh so um the face and the uh, hovered over the waters right no. so the, i guess that would have been like i don't know because i was thinking about that of of once the firmament was created it, it pulled up some of the waters into sorry i have something in my eye but um it would have been from the heavens i guess was, or like was it all water at first and then when it was separated or was was the earth uh within in between the two waters before you know you know what i mean like i, mean, I was just yeah. picturing it the other day um like on the face of the waters first like what did it look like before it became what it became yeah, i'm trying to pull the picture. Or, or was it just pure water and then you split it and then you put in the earth i do you know think I mean? my running my operating theory <laughs> <laughs> i love that my operating theory as of right now is, and I'm going to pull up a picture too to help me explain this, um, that you might not see, but I was actually, so I am rereading Genesis and doing like a deep dive into it, and it explains that like there was water and God created an expanse and separated okay. the waters. So that kind of implies that everything was water, at least what right. maybe like God, and I've heard people make these theories that God is water, <laughs> right? Or like water or the Holy is Spirit. the essence. Yeah, it's like it's a part of God. Um, and there's, well, like a, I, there's like a good TikTok going around where some guy. It's kind of funny, but also kind of true, where he's right. talking about how 
everything you can explain about water could also be explained about God in some way. It fills right. voids. It's empty. It's inside it's of uncontainable, us. Uncontainable. It always finds love. Yeah. It's in, yeah. Right. We need it. It's necessary for life, et cetera, et cetera. It's everywhere. It's above us. It's below us. It's all around us. Um, it's in all three states, the Holy Trinity, you know, it's the liquid, the solid, the gas. Like there's so many things about water that is, I mean, Jesus' whole ministry was about water. He right. told us to be dipped in water and rise up right. out of our physical death into a life and being reborn in the waters. Uh, right. And he talks Holy about water. The, the physical birth water, <laughs> mm. you know, and then also the spiritual water that you're being like reborn into, you know. So here's uh, a fun fact. so much about water. But yeah, I think, I think the way it was explained was expanse was made right. between the waters. And so we're living in that expanse, which is the waters are above us and the waters are below us. Like physically right. and truly and really. <laughs> right. And then like after that, it goes on to explain how the earth was made. And funny enough, light was made and then dark was made. And then a day later, the sun and moon were made, which right. would just totally, completely destroy anyone's like cosmology of like we're on a ball flying through Big a vacuum bang. of empty space, floating yeah. around a sun. And the sun is the source of light and heat because God clearly, if you're a Christian, if you're a Bible believing Christian... Clearly, it states in the first couple days that light was made before the sun. So right. how could the, our light everywhere be the source? Be the sun be the source of it? You know, right? Um, so there's just stuff well, like here, that that's like you just bring that stuff up and people will just shut down. There, <laughs> you, they cannot cool, believe you. They cannot let that. <laughs> be well, true. those those are the things you kind of just let right sit there. On there. Page one, but no, I can't allow it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you just you kind of just leave the door open when people are ready because everybody yeah, yeah. you know comes to those things in their own. But here's a fun little fact. Um, I wish I could I should have saved it, but um, the original uh, gr Greek, the word for uh, I can't remember what it was, but basically the baptism, the word in Greek baptism. wasn't just well, it wasn't just water. It was specifically water from above is what the word translated to um, in Greek. It's just when they translated it from Greek to English or whatever language, they just called it water, kind of like logos. They just called it word. That Greek word meant uh, that you had to pass through the water above, um, not just pass through water for baptism, um, which is interesting. In order, it was some, one of the verses about in order to get to heaven, you have to pass through the waters um but that particular greek word meant waters above yeah there's there's a lot about water <laughs> and vibrations like energy and vibrations like the breath yep. was actually like a vibration you know um yep. the more you study well, you know, about the physical realm around us it's like everything is energy which is just movement it's vibration which right. would be what what did god do to start creation was like he breathed. spoke like right. vibrations occurred, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think literally like the more scientists, if they're genuinely seeking truth, <laughs> they'll see that God's creation is pretty much all summarized into like water and energy or like vibrations in general. Yep. Frequency. Yeah. yeah they're, um, yeah. you can create light in water through soul luminescence. And as soon as I saw that, like soul luminescence and cymatics are, the, are like, that's where I was like, oh my gosh, stuff is starting to like really click and like reaffirm a lot of genesis and creation story and like how to 
Um, cause you're like, okay, God spoke. What, what would that sound like? You know, like the creator of all things, like his voice has been described as being like so powerful that like a human or the man's man's ears couldn't take it, you know? So it's like a frequency so powerful that it could do all of those things, you know, through creation, through vibration. Um, but yeah, you can actually literally create light and water through a frequency. Yeah. I have on the screen, I pulled it up. I don't know if you can see it or not, but um, yeah, it's like the biblical description of heaven or of earth well, and heaven too. But it's, you know, kind of contradicts everything <laughs> they teach you in Hollywood Sorry. movies or everything they teach us in textbooks or whatever, you know. And it yeah, really is the waters above and the waters below. And it's this firmament that separates it and makes this quote unquote expanse, this air pocket in between the water. And right. so I think God's creation or God is just that whole water that just encompasses everything outside of us and our existence. And we're kind right. of contained inside of that in a little pocket. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't have any, I can't prove it. <laughs> right. I think the Bible proves it, but you know, <laughs> that's just my uh, operating operational theory, <laughs> operating theory. I the only thing I think this solid. picture gets wrong is it depicts the stars as being inside the firmament. I actually think the mm -hmm. stars are in the water. I right. think the water, like you were saying, it's some kind of light, some kind of vibration that's occurring in the waters, maybe in the firmament, like in the actual firmament that is separating the expanse yeah, I, in the water, or it's on I the think other the stars, side. The stars are the trapped water. inside of the firmament, and the firmament spins, which gives that, um, you've seen those time lapse yeah. of the, yeah. I think... I think whatever those are is that uh, they're, they're, they're inside of the thing that's separating the expanse from the water. Um, it's just my theory. Yeah. <laughs> and like, just at the end of the day, like, again, going back to what started <laughs> this whole deep dive into the gravy is uh, this. It's just bringing up being like, this is what I think. This is what I'm led to believe. This is what I'm working with. And just having like a healthy discussion about it instead of defaulting yeah. to like anger or rage or resentment. Um, Name calling in sophistry. In my prayers, I'm so thankful that I meet the people I meet, especially the bears, you know, for all of this, for having this kind of community, like, um, and always just have love and respect for Owen for making it happen, you know? Definitely. Laying the foundations and just continuing to like grow it and cultivate it and build it maintain it um yeah forever even if like i'll disagree with him right again like i'll just disagree with some stuff he says on a stream or whatever you know but it's like at the end of the day like i don't care like i can just right. disagree with him and not care and not <laughs> hate him and get angry and have to comment about it or whatever destroy yeah. people's lives over <laughs> it's like okay like we just disagree whatever like on to the next stream where i'll probably totally agree with them or he'll completely change well, my mind for the better on some things that i used to disagree with them on and then i changed my mind because of him you know um, yeah i, I actually have other a bears too not just him you know i have a theory on where that came from and why at least it kind of feel it might be because we're i'm always used to talking to bears but it kind of feels like that's dying out um, either across the zeitgeist everywhere or at least in the realms that I hang out in. But um, <laughs> I think the reason that it didn't, you know how he says like we could have been 90s friends and, you know, yeah. um, and but now people often say like, well, I don't agree with everything, blah, blah, blah. I think everything got so, uh, politics became the national sport of America 
and a political person has a platform of ideas and agendas and they are pushing that thing and that uh is going to be at uh, if you're a, a truth seeker who is like okay i'm on a journey and i'm going to be adjusting based on new information and i'm not going to be like i might adamantly be for this in january based on all the information and, and belief that i have but through life and revelation and all these things i've come to realize that oh you don't actually want whatever thing if you're a politician or, or a political whatever you can't move from that so people have become accustomed yeah. to picking teams and picking, you know, like, uh, we're, you know, we endorse this or this person or, or internet personalities because they're whatever, whatever, you know, a checklist of all the things that they agree with. And then they just want all their ideas and, and um, things they agree with fed back to them. And that's where it's like, you know, if you're on a truth journey, you're not going to agree with yourself from like two months ago or like yeah. six months ago. Yeah. So I think people got... And the habit and it, a lot it, a lot of it has died off just because at least um the intensity of it over time like with owen just because he has such a long uh like you can watch the whole journey where you're just like realizing that uh a things are evolving um but b that like it's not a big deal to um you know it, if you don't play into the national pastime of, of politics and oh we have to agree on every single thing it's like you really don't like there there's certain core thing you know like i like vox's thing like do you eat babies no okay we're good um yeah. <laughs> where it we can start we can start from there yeah, yeah we, we can talk we can talk um but yeah like those things where you you just don't get really upset when uh you hear uh because i actually kind of get if it's somebody that i look up to and like respect their perspective when I hear something that that contradicts a current operating theory, I'm like, oh, good. I have somebody vetting a part part that I don't um, like. I had a hard time um, when Vox was talking about what was it? Oh, the free speech thing, because my libertarian freedom, yeah. I love, and I still do love America. It's not like I've changed on that, but like, I'm like, no, freedom of speech, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. Like, you know, it's how they get you. You know, all. Let all the idea all I was saying all the the you know phrases of like uh, marketplace of ideas and yada yada yada, yeah. <laughs> but um but I was like okay but I respect Fox and and he's like worked through and it, it's also helpful if somebody is like I've been where you are not in a condescending way but like I've I've gone through the libertarian phase of free market and all that and here's what I discovered while I was there I think some people can get offended where they're like but I like how I feel in this you know my current. Yeah red team whatever and they don't want to have a challenge but i'm like if you can get me to a better place and better understanding and, and i understood exactly you know um, his point on free speech was like how we had a moral society and we had things in place like obscenity laws and all that stuff and the free speech movements was designed it, it was wearing the shield of free speech but it was really about subversion and de degeneracy yeah Let, let's bring in pornography let's bring in uh, you know all these other things and what it what it was designed to do was break up the uh, the moral order and then once that was you know broken down and then a certain political class could rise then that's when they they um, you know got draconian with speech because they were like now not only is it no longer free speech it's inverted speech we're like 
you get in trouble for saying Christ is king on a platform or something. Like, simple things that, you know, like Facebook will, or Twitter will delete you for saying there's two genders, or, you know, or Mother's Day and Father's Day, where you're like, how is that hate speech? Like, Google says that's hate speech, that's insane. Um, all of that was in that tiny little thread where they're like, yay, free speech. And, uh, and I, you know, I didn't immediately shut down when Vox was saying, like, how dare you attack my, you know, <laughs> my sacred cow. But it's just like, hearing that you're like okay i'm, I'm gonna learn something this is this is a, a an uh not just a different perspective but one that's that's in, in opposition to mine and um and there could be a scenario where you're you listen to it and then you're like but here here's where i can show where that's wrong and then you know both groups benefit from it so it doesn't i don't know it, it's never really been an issue for me where you know if there's something where i'm like I don't, you know, I'm exposed to a new idea where even if it made me uncomfortable, I'm kind of like, I don't definitively, uh, maybe not as much. There probably was a time when I was like, no, it must be blah, 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 blah. You know, where I was just like those people we were talking about earlier. Uh, But where I'm kind of like, yeah, but I've been wrong before about blah, 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 blah. blah. So I'm like, (laughs) maybe I ride this one out. I eat a little humble pie. Let me hear this one. It's like, I really think it's this, but... You know, you know, I've I've had blind spots before, so, you know, maybe maybe I, uh, you know, because having my eyes open to, to Zionism and all that stuff and the exploitation through the Schofield Bible, that one was really painful because I never thought that that kind of thing, uh, I mean, short of like obviously the devil can quote, um, quote scripture and exploit, you know, faith, but just having like. I don't know. Like I, that one hit me kind of like a ton of bricks, but then it was a learning experience and a growing experience where I was like, okay, take everything, you know, like vet and, and process have operating theories and continue to shave off what doesn't work and, and keep what's true. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fox is shaking me a lot, <laughs> shaking me back down to foundations of truth, you know? He's yeah. just so smart, and it like it does shake your like emotions. That's kind of what you're saying. The similar one for me with Vox was like the immigration mm-hmm. and like nations, like like nationalism, right. like being nations. And he he's talked about it a lot before, and I think there's a Vox diversity about it that he brought up on a more recent stream about immigration, like about nations. Like your nation is bound is doomed to fail when you're bringing in immigrants. And the story he brings up was. Is either Rome or um, Byzantine. There's like barbarians, maybe the Huns, I think, were like conquering. And the people who were in between the Byzantines and the Huns were like about to be conquered by the Huns. So they come to the, I think it's the Byzantines, they come and they're like, please take us in. You know, <laughs> like we're about to be slaughtered. Please let us cross these rivers. And the Byzantines are like, eh. Okay, sure, but we're going to disarm you. You know, and these people are like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, we'll lay down our, our weapons, you know. And then it's like, they come over, and I think in a matter of maybe a decade or two, now Byzantine is just totally being dismantled and destroyed from the inside by these right. immigrants. And the phrase Vox used is like, sink the dang ships. Like, don't right. let these people over. Your emotions are leading you to your own destruction. Like right. you are letting in a hundred thousand people who don't share your values, your culture, your religion. You know, you're Christians, they're not. 
They're not going to conform. They're not going to adapt. If it doesn't matter that they don't have weapons, they're going to sneak them in anyways, which I think is kind of what happened. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, and when they come, like, they want the same resources of your nation. They want, you know, they're not going to change and become good just right. on their own. You know, there's just, it's such a profound thing. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. You can obviously look that up. I think it's on Vox Diversity. Yeah, but no, I've just seen a, it. It's such a profound thing where I'm like, I fall for that, where I'm like, yeah, like, we're good Christians. We should take in everyone. Like, we should not have right. borders. And, oh, these people are in need, and we have excess resources. Let's help them, you know? Right. But then you flash well, forward to now you're letting in, like, Muslim immigrants who don't share your values and customs, and they, when they're here, they don't become Christians. <laughs> they don't share your values. They don't right. want to be contributing members of your society. They want for themselves. They right. aren't believers. They're they're secular, you know, and or they're secular minded people who live for themselves. They take. <laughs> they want to conquer. They don't share well, your values. So even if you're a nice person and you're like thinking you're saving the world with peace and love and making yourself feel good, there's like practical realities that can lead to your destruction. And that's what we're seeing is like the systematic destruction of Western civilization because we become so emotional and feeling right. And, that's, opinions that's exact, instead of like logic instead of logos like defining our thoughts and our reasoning you know that's what i was gonna say is is that um the emotive part of christianity um wish i wish i remember the quote but there was something that had it had to do with like the balance between the um basically it's it, it you could think of it as the masculine and the feminine but it's like the big heart of the christian of the love thy neighbor but also the strength to um, not be tolerant of things that are not um, tolerable, and I think I think you can have um, you can reconcile. Like it doesn't it isn't a violation. Like if you have a Christian impulse of um, you know like oh I do want to help uh, and you know there isn't necessarily a, a contradiction in. Um, theology or belief because i think one huge piece of the puzzle for me was learning on the various layers of law and ultimately you get to divine law and when you when you talk about things like nations and um and like you know civic nationalism versus nationalism and immigration and all that stuff uh because america is going to have to have this conversation going forward because it has the the empire that was governing so many nations it is so uh, multinational, multicultural, where ultimately the thing that wins out, whether it's a hundred years or a thousand years, is through divine law. And there are certain laws that um, uh, are carried out, and one of which is the law of land co conquest, where it's sort of like, okay, who does this quote unquote land belong to? And part of that is. Uh, it has to do with almost like occupation for how long it's been occupied and uh and yeah. proportions of you know like who is the the would be considered like the host and things like that like you mentioned what was it the byzantines or the yeah. um yeah where if if they were if they went into an area uh and they were let in and it, it, it we live in a free free will realm so a lot of things are a choice and they could have said no uh in hindsight i'm sure they their history books said we should have said no. Um, but once you let them in and then they grow their nation inside of yours at a certain point, it's like, 
It's like that meme. You made this. I made this. <laughs> it's like yeah, this is mine yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I'm the captain now. <laughs> so it's like yeah. that's technically uh, oh, it's technically like a conquest. So yeah. knowing that that it, that is what occurs, you can stay in line with your um, uh, keeping things in in order of divine law of saying this is what occurs as a result. But also, you know, I can care for uh, people in need by doing something else. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to, um, uh, like, if, if, and it, I'm not saying that we would have to do this, but, like, if you would help other, uh, or if they could help themselves in a way where they don't have to uh, migrate to a better position. Because that's actually the, the catalyst of the problem. It's like they they actually don't even want to come to a certain place. Like maybe in that that historic example, um, the one group I keep forgetting which historic Byzantines. Who is the group? Um, there are three groups here, right? Yeah, I don't, I'm I'm blanking on who it was. I think it was the Huns coming from like the north, and the Byzantine Empire was pretty solid, like a solidified solid empire in the Mediterranean. I think the Huns were right. coming like. They were going west and south, and whoever was in between them were the ones that were, like, being conquered by the Huns. Right. So, so they were if, fleeing to the Byzantine Empire, yeah. If the Byzantines would have gone at the the uh, problem, like, if they wanted to be like, oh, let me help you, not let me help you by bringing you in, let me help you by by stopping the force that's looking like it's going to wipe you out i'll defend you and then maybe you make a deal of like i'll defend right. you yeah. and then you pay me back over time of whatever we'll give you this little area um because where if they had the mindset of like we're a nation we're going to stay this nation you're a nation right. you're going to stay this nation and we can mutually agree to help each other but at right. the end of this conflict we're both <laughs> separate right. nations with separate laws, separate languages, separate cultures and customs, and you know. The key thing is you have a divine right to preserve your nation. Right. You have a divine yes. right to preserve your culture and and your family, your lineage and all that stuff, your heritage. So that that to me is that's the key the story part. of Israel. <laughs> right. That's right. the entirety of the Old Testament is that is <laughs> Israel doing that or failing to do that, you know? Right. And that's a problem when they fail to do that, you know? But that's right. like the goal in the mission is that, is there's this nation, it's called Israel. There's a certain people there with a certain, like, bloodline, a certain culture, and a God who watches over them and protects them when they're obedient to him and serve him, you know? Right. And the whole story is just <laughs> every single country around them constantly in conflict, you know? Um, right. And at the end of the day, what's the goal? To preserve Israel, to preserve us, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was an interesting, um, I used, old coworker of mine was, I'll say he might not have called himself a Nazi, but he right. pretty much was. You know, he loved right. Hitler, hated blacks, hated the Jews. You know, it's like we get in a lot of conversations where, kind of agree on stuff but you're just like dude you're so hateful and angry like this is right. not right and i was trying to disciple him i was trying to minister him he was kind of seeking christ and trying to join a church and kind of trying to homestead so i'm like he's seeking a little bit he's right. wrong <laughs> his heart's in the wrong place but maybe i can help lead him out of that into like a better place a healthier place right right there's an interesting like topic he was asking about he's like what do you what do you think is more of an important division between people 
and this is a summary of a, of a debate or I guess we were having, which is like, it, does it come down to race or does it come down to like spirituality? Like what's more important? And I was making the claim that like there's people are divided spiritually, culturally, and physically. And I think that's like this, un, to me, that's an undeniable reality. Those are right. three major divides between people around the world. <laughs> like, and you can't say like that there's not those divisions. There's always going to be those divisions. There always has been those divisions. And you have to recognize and admit that those divisions exist. But in importance, I would I was making the claim that like spirituality is the important division. He was making right. the claim physical, like race. You know, he was saying like white people are the best, you know, white people are the best, all these other races. And he was so caught up on the race, the physical part. And he asked this question. He's like, would you rather be in like an all white European cult, like, like village of people who spoke your language, shared your culture, or shared your bloodline, shared your skin color, all that, your, your DNA, your genetics, but we're heathens. We're like pagans. Like, so they don't sp share your spiritual. Or right. would you rather be in like the Congo <laughs> where you like aren't of the same race, you aren't, you don't share their genetics really, like you're totally different physically, you're totally different culturally, you probably not even speak the same language, use the same number system or mathematical system and all this stuff, but you're both Christians. And right. I just without a doubt would be in the Christian community. Right. Because to me, like those other divisions, like, yeah, we don't speak the same language, that can be overcome. You know, right. okay, yeah, that's going to cause problems, but eh, I could learn their language. You know, or like physical, like skin color, like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, there is a division there that like we are different, but like, I don't need to hate you over it. We're just different. The right. spiritual component though, is something that to me is uniquely m the most important thing. Because like, if you're a Christian at the end of the day, I know, and you know that we both have our hearts and souls set on entering into the kingdom of heaven and building right. God's kingdom. And we can share that, like this universal trait of like, Holy Spirit working in between us and being in fellowship in like a brotherhood, like in a family in Christ, right. right? And all those other divisions, which yes, are real, almost don't matter or don't have to matter if we are both Christians. If right. I'm in that European thing where, yeah, same race and yeah, same culture, but like you're a pagan and like you're looking to sacrifice someone, right? <laughs> are you coming for me? You know, it's like right. I don't, these other divisions almost like, it doesn't matter. Like if, if we don't have any division, but spiritual, that could really matter. If you're worshiping a different God than me, if you're worshiping some like false idol that demands a blood sacrifice, uh, <laughs> I don't care if I have the same eye color as you, I'm probably going to be the outcast and I'm probably going to be the sacrifice, you know? And right. like, yeah, those other divisions like exist and they are important. And that is like why we should have nations and divided nations. But like at the end of the day, like, Christianity, Christianity, like being a Christian, being a biblical-minded person, a kingdom-minded person, is so universal and above all those other divisions. But that doesn't yeah. mean that those divisions don't exist, don't matter, don't have a place, you know, a time and place. And that's what nations is. That's what nationhood is. Yeah. Well, I physical the physical and cultural differences, but the spiritual is like a universal, global thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, a couple of thoughts on that. One. I think a lot of times people like to do thought experiments where I don't think anyone would ever have to really choose between those two things. Right. 
but because what it does was it, it really like brings into focus like if you absolutely have to prioritize one but like when in life do you just prioritize one thing right, yeah. healthily and then completely neglect anything else the other thing i would say is i would flip if if we're going to entertain binary hypotheticals which is what this is choose one and it's very real right it's exclusive binary uh <laughs> hypotheticals uh i would say would you rather live uh you know the the congo part but the european um everyone looks the same has the same background but they're all satanists they're all luciferian they work right. they're the church of satan they believe in and then go through all the things that uh that group is because it, it what it what it it's trying to create a juxtaposition which is what binary questions do and i get it it's a hypothetical so i'm not going to knock that thing but the broader point that i would make to him is like okay after saying that like you actually a you don't you won't be in that position but b well, you won't be in that position because I I personally believe that when you're aligned in divine law, which is the highest law, like, how do I articulate this? There was a movie I saw a long time ago that um, it had this occurrence that really stuck with me because it, it vibrated in a way where I was like, yeah, that, it, that explains this phenomenon. Um, and I'm going to the movie isn't really important but basically there's this dude who's like time traveling somehow it doesn't matter um and there's there's this girl that he he meets when she's like a little girl that she's like older later in the movie and he keeps going back and forth and That's he finds out right no it's um oh god i don't know the actor's name but he's in uh i actually i don't think i'll even be able to but Sorry. No, I'll, I'll I'll look up the name of it later. But anyway, what he does is when he's talking to the older one in this timeline, he finds out that his her mother, um, the older girl in the, in the later part of the history, her mother like fell asleep with like a cigarette light and like burned up or whatever, and so she ended up growing out growing up in like foster care where um, her life didn't turn out well. So when he goes back in time, he actually goes and confronts the mother and says, basically, you need to get your stuff together. Uh, and like he prevents that. And not only does he prevent that, but like she gives up drinking and she gets her life together. And when he goes back and he meets her, like she she's driving a, a like a better car and like she's healthier looking and all these other things. And what that had struck me at the time and I didn't really have like a, as good of language to articulate, but I love the word like logos um there there's like this like vibration or uh like fountain almost of like when you connect to the right thing when you, when a when somebody's living their life in the right way or a child is given the right amount of resources they they have the proper upbringing the proper nutrition you grow properly you're not malnourished you have the right um intellectual stimuli and then you know so the best version of what um a person can be and i think on the macro when we talk about earlier like tartaria and the, and the millennial reign that to me will manifest in the different nations and societies the nations are different yes so the architectural will look different but they will be magnificent architectures that are reflective of the beautiful cultures because they had that right engine that right fountain the right d divinity that they were tied to yep. so my point to that guy is 
European nations will flourish and have that beauty that European nations have had when they connect to that proper divinity. And when they fall away from it, they are punished accordingly um, through their own, you know, there's an argument of like, you know, is it God's punishment or is God just letting you cut off your own feet? Either way, when you're not following, um, you know, just any of the divine principles of, you know, like, do you properly, I mean, all of it across the board, are, are, are you using usury as a, as an economic force that's going to hollow out your uh, culture? Is that, are you degenerate? Are you, you know, name, name the thing. If you fall off divine law, the, you know, the pretty easy rule set for us to follow, uh, you see the manifestation of what that looks like. Disgusting architecture, uh, toilets that don't run, all these things. Um, and they're not, a function of as much as people would like to think in my humble opinion they're not a function of or i should say they're not exclusively a function of tribe to me uh the flourishing and and um reaching potential comes through connecting to the best uh version of connecting to that divine and being um, in in alignment with properly following divine order and divine law. Um, so anyway, to my point, to that guy, I would say it, you have to get the spiritual right first, and you won't have to make that choice yeah. um, if your nation is in line with it properly. Because it will have the strength to say no when it needs to. It will have the compassion to take care of its own. You know what I mean? Like all those things that are missing will be there uh and you won't have to make that hypothetical binary choice it'll you'll actually get the best of both yeah absolutely it won't be in a state of rebellion right it'll be right. in a state of like servitude and obedience <laughs> truth seeking goodness seeking beauty beauty promoting right right those things will just happen naturally and it's actually kind of bothering me i'm gonna see if i can figure out what movie it was because <laughs> um, what happens is the guy he uh he he that sounds familiar. The, the cigarette on the couch thing. I feel like I've seen that or heard that before. Yeah, he's the um. Who's the guy? Uh, he played in a World War II movie. I can see. It. Oh, you know what? Do you watch um? Uh, what's that HBO series about the gangs? Um, Boardwalk Empire. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you remember the scene? Um the london brothers i can't remember their name um but he they they pretend for like a season that one of the brothers is dead uh and then they trick this one guy who thought he killed him and they they hire uh uh what's the dude's name al capone to help them take this guy out the guy that plays um hold on board walk empire <laughs> wait no is, is it boardwalk empire or is it uh that was uh, Peaky Blinders, I think. Peaky so. Blinders. I was, I was, I was kind of confused. I'm like, that sounds a lot like Peaky Blinders. The, Peaky the Blinder. Yeah, Sangretta was the guy's name in Peaky Blinders. Um, big Nose. He's the Big Nose guy. He won yes. the Academy Award. Sangretta. He played. He was in the Pianist, right? Uh, well, Sangretta. I'm getting. I'm Google imaging him. That's uh, that's the Scarecrow. Sang there's multiple Sangretta characters in Peaky Blinders. Okay. Gosh, uh, I'm blanking on his name. 
Yeah, he like won an Academy Award. He's kind of a grappler. He's kind of a yeah. He he, he plays the pianist. He's like um the pianist, the movie about like the musician in the World War Two, the Holocaust. Uh, pianist movie. He's the main actor in Pianist. That'll be the one you'll find it in for sure. Yes, yes, this guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> what is Gosh, his I'm name? Playing, it's like that tip of your tongue thing where you can't think of the guy's name. I can picture him. I can like name five movies actor. he's in. He was great in Peaky Blinders. <laughs> That was, a, that was a great. That was a Peaky Blinders is great. Really degenerate. Something really, really anti-biblical. Right. Yeah. But uh, the cinematography, the music, the acting, the storyline, the writing, like everything about that show is amazing. Adrian Brody actually Adrian remind Brody. me. Yeah, Adrian Brody. Yeah, it's kind of gross, in, like in real life, but. Uh... <laughs> There's a really, really good scene in Peaky Blinders I was obsessed with that had to do with theology. I'll remind remind me in a second. Um, there's a few like that, really deep, like philosophical. Um, well, because they had that Jewish ones. character, and he yeah, did Alfie, a really good Alfie job. Solomon's, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, time travel. Alfie Solomon's time. in the bread baking factory. <laughs> right here it is. Oh, it's called time travel. Really? That's all it's called? Time travel. <laughs> yeah, uh, time. Tra- of course, how it's just creative. that simple. Yeah, how creative. Yeah. All, no, all time travel. No, no, it's not. Just kidding. Uh, Adrian Brody time travel movie. Anyway, I probably did enough where people can find it. But that there's a scene. Uh, Adrian Brody time travel. Yeah, it's this scene where he's in the gurney. Seventeen scariest movies of all time. Yeah, I don't know about that. The jacket. Uh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is in. When they put him in the jacket, he time travels. Is that it? I guess I've seen that. Yeah, uh, I've seen that, but I've totally blanked on what even that, that was even about. Yeah, because when he uh, he slips at the end, and you know, spoiler alert, but he, oh, yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, dying. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's coming back to me. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so the girl in the movie when he tells his mom to get her act together, and that how that manifests in the little girl's. Um, life always stuck with me because i'm like that's so true if like people are given the right access to things that'll happen okay so the um uh there's a scene in peaky blinders without alfie and the the main english dude where uh thomas shelby (laughs) thomas shelby right where he is uh shelby's really upset because um like they had you know they, he's crossed they, the line, right? Line, in, right. In stealing his son, he's like, "You crossed the line." Yeah, and he's and he's like, "You," um, and it's such an insight into like almost like Talmudic. If you took the ticket, you're in that world, and you right. you don't get to, you don't get to be special boy when you are um, like it, it is so such a good like you can't throw the stone. Because you're not free from sin. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. the way that uh, that um, what's the guy the the actual actor Tom Hardy uh, Tom Hardy Tom Hardy the way yeah. Tom Hardy plays that is so good. Yeah, it's because amazing. He, yeah. he gets so mad at, at at him. He's like, "How dare you?" Um, question. He's like, "What what line have I crossed? Like, you are you're in this world. Like, the, I, I'm not doing it justice." But I've I've watched that scene on repeat so many yeah. times because I'm like, "Man, that's exactly." showing that like if you take the ticket if you you don't have a right to act righteous if you're full of sin 
Exactly, yeah. Uh, and yeah. even though the dude, like, he had a... You can understand why he would be angry because you you perceive that that line would exist, but you've decided to step into that world and you no longer are afforded the protections that come with engaging in that realm. Yeah. I, I just love that scene. I, I recommend it. People haven't seen it. You don't even have to know anything about... Um, the whole show. Uh, to really the whole show. It, just yeah. watch that scene... Uh, Tommy Shelby crossed the line, Alfie summons or something. Oh, it's such a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, that is a really, that's, there's things like that where, like, the show just overall, like, pretty degenerate. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty bad. But things like that are very profound and very deep. Like, there's a lot in that series like that where exactly that. Like, you've crossed the, you've crossed the line yourself. You don't get to make lines anymore. You know? You don't get to, like, make lines in the sand of righteousness. Like, you're killing people, bribing people, <laughs> kidnapping. Like you're doing the most evil stuff, and that's how you've gotten all this power. You can't right. now say like, "How dare you?" Right. <laughs> you know. Well, and it, it now goes that, like, to everyone's a... coming at your crown. You know, it's kind of the it, whole thing. Is like they're all coming for him. He and how you know. If, that's what the beauty of like the whole show is. The first couple seasons are him going for the crown. Like, they're the right. street gang, and he's getting power and defeating the enemies that are... He's the small fish, slowly trying to become the big fish, you know? And then eventually, like, the, the kind of the, the end of the season now, or the end of the series, is more like, now he's in charge, and people are coming after him. Now he's right. on the defensive. And it's almost like a victim... He has his, his almost fight off his victim mentality of, like, that. Like, why are you coming after me? It's like, right. because they're doing what you did. Right. <laughs> you lived and played well, this game. You became the king. Now everyone else is living and playing this game and coming after you. And then there's like characters throughout the show that are like, I'm out. Or I don't want to yeah. play this game to begin with. And those right. people usually end up with like, like in the very last season, they're like trying to bribe this. They're trying to rig soccer games. And they're right. trying to bribe, you know, and one by one, they're able to go to all the referees and just bribe them. You know, and then like, so then once in a while, they can't bribe them. Well, then they resort to, like, threatening their family. And then, okay, 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 yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I'll play ball. And then they right. run into the one guy that's like, no, I don't care. I do not care. I'm going to do what's morally right. You know, you can't bribe me. You can't threaten me. And, like, they're about to torture him. He's like, do it. I don't care. Because he's, like, this moral character. And it's like this room full of bad guys that don't know how to react. <laughs> They're like, wait, what? We can't, we can't bribe you. We can't threaten you. We can't torture you. Like, what do we do with them? And it's like their only logical answer is, well, like we have to kill them. And right. So they kill them, you know. And it's like, but that's what happens, like immorality. And like, who's truly rewarded in that scenario? That right. that guy, that guy that held the line, that guy that said no, that guy that lived for what was right, will be eternally rewarded. Whereas this room full of criminals, yeah, they have nice suits and they have all the pleasures in the world and, you know, they're like having fun on this earth or whatever. Or they're living well right now. What do you think's going to happen in their eternity? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what well, kind of actually, treasure do you think they're going to get in their, in their after, like after death, you know? Um, yeah, I think that the killing of the guy might be a little grappled though, because, um, the, to me, I think the broader implications of what's good about, showing that is the difference between subjective luciferian do as thou wilt world and acknowledging that there is uh you know a divine order instead of laws and, it, and it's not like i've even pointed out to people when i you know discuss my faith that 
I try not even to say phrases like like when we're discussing gravy, I'll say things like what I think, what I believe, what I like, uh, this resonates with me, yeah. um, you know, operating theory, blah, blah, blah. But to me, when it comes to faith, there like there exists a truth irrespective of how I feel about it. It's my job to properly align myself as I come to understand it and better understand, you know, divine will and God's will or divine law and God's law. And when you are, when you submit to that and, and your behavior is reflective of it, like that guy uh, in the, I haven't seen that scene, but I'm assuming either one of two things. One, he's lived that way so long. It's integrated in, in, in second nature to like, I'm going to do the right thing. Like, yeah, I, I don't, it's almost like an alien. Like I don't, we're on two different, completely different pages. I'm not motivated by the same thing you're motivated. Like we worship different gods. Um, and I lost my train of thought. Um, why he would be like, Oh, often what I would think, uh, is that, people from that realm of luciferian do as thou wilt leave the other people alone because they there are no now that's not to say some people don't take it into their own you know um uh take it upon themselves to you know go out of line and you know do whatever and and that probably could happen to a person but in general it seems like and you could call it like god's protection or just um People just kind of know and societies have kind of known also where like, you know, you don't you don't even sh like there's no shootouts in the church. There's no you know, there's certain hollowed ground um, and ways of properly treating those people who are uh, in submission to what's right or wrong, uh, where in a, that, that I just think that that might have been a gravel on part of the creators where what might happen in that realm is those people would recognize this guy's not like we can't mob him up so we'll just go to somebody else we'll 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 keep looking until we can find the people we can we can pull strings on um but it it definitely does show the difference between uh when you are in alignment with right and wrong and believe in in you know following the right thing versus um not that taking tickets, doing whatever it takes and all that stuff. And then oh, another quick point. Um, apparently there's a language. Uh, this is interesting. It's kind of related, but when I was talking about like discussing my faith where I try not using subjective words of like how I feel and you know what I like, um, there's a language that doesn't, I don't think it has the word to be like, it doesn't say like there, there's no way of saying like, I am, you know, this is blah, blah, blah. Everything it, is worded in a way where there's no definitive claims made. It's like, there appears to be a computer in front of me uh, or, you know, where they're, where they're very, um, the language that they use is not as, um, I'm not doing it justice, but anyway, I, f I found that fascinating because I think a lot of times there might've been a gravel in language a while ago. I would imagine if you went back far enough into more logos-based societies that were really God-centered, that the subjective eye and perspective and um, that kind of talking, you wouldn't hear as much. Like people would, they wouldn't be like, oh, 
you know, why did you do the right thing? Oh, well, because blah, blah, blah. It's like, because that's what's to be done. That's exactly, what's yeah. expected. You know, it's so ingrained where it's not a, a, even though faith obviously is a first person, you know, like you are choosing, it is a personal thing, but just the language I think is very revealing when people are like, well, um, you know, well, my blah, 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 or I, it's like, okay, but are you acknowledging that there is this objective reality or this objective divine that um, it doesn't need, you know, there's no democracy in divine law. <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. if 99% of people are voting or, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. That's why I was in my fallen state before I was a Christian, before I was, before I encountered Christ and was radically changed, right? I was like obsessed with philosophy. I was obsessed with that. Well, what if? Well, what could be? What should be? It's all these like relative subjective things. Like my whole worldview was like nothing. There was nothing right. like grounding. It was all like air. It was all thoughts and theories and opinion, everyone's opinions. And, you know, like, oh, well, what if? And what could be? And how, how come? And now I'm just like exactly what you're saying. Like in this rooted, just like there is. Right, <laughs> and that stuff all still exists. That stuff all happens. Like that's like humans have thoughts, and that's gonna happen. But like right. your actions are based on like a solid foundation. Like you're in, like you're rooted in logic and reason, like truth right. and love and beauty and goodness. Right? Like there is just this rock of like, and that's kind of what def what faith is too. Where it's just like, I don't know, but I believe. Right. I don't know. Like I don't. I can't prove God. But I know he's real. Right. <laughs> I feel him, you know. I'll get in debates with people online where it's like, but what? It's like, I was where you were four years ago, man. Like, just please wake up. I'm praying for you to wake up and overcome this fallen state. Because I was just like you. There's no God. You can't see God or feel God or touch God. So how can you prove that God's real? And it's like, yeah, like, I can't really do that for you. <laughs> but eventually, like... God is there. He's waiting for you patiently. And when you truly are ready, like to spiritually open your heart and be like subservient and humbled before him and obedient to him and willing to accept him, like you will know God's real and you're right. not going to touch him or feel him or be able to like show proof of his existence to other people. But like you will know without being able to explain it or prove it. Like there is yeah. this like baseline of just unbelievable truth, like logos but like, then there's this airy opinion and thought of like the secular world because they don't have that. They don't have a spiritual connection to God. Their life is just physical. It's airy. Yeah. It's the prince of the air. You know, it's the the thoughts and the feelings and the subjectiveness of everything. And they're lacking that like objective, definitive truth, like the foundation of truth that is only by and from God. Yeah, I, it's hard I to do explain. think. Like, it's like I, I, yeah, I, as you're doing, I'm like. It is just hard to explain that. You get it yeah. if you get it, and you just don't if you don't. And everyone's able to. I mean, I love the right. phrase Owen uses. It's like, every single person was once a baby. Right. It's such like a profound, deep thing of like, even those people that are spitting venom and they hate your guts, they're Satanists, they're so lost, they hate you, they're trying to destroy you, that person still has a chance. Right. That person is still alive, and God is still waiting patiently for that person to 
have that heart soften, <laughs> have right. some kind of revelation, not revolution, but revelation in their mind and in their heart, like there is still a chance that that soul can overcome whatever is causing that, you know? Right. I was there. <laughs> so many yeah. people out, out there were there, like lost in that fallen state. And they have, for whatever reason, you know, entered out of the darkness and into the light. And every single one of us still alive, like, has that chance and that opportunity. Um, is it likely? Is it? <laughs> right. Are you going to be a part of it? Like, there's questions about how, when, why, what, if, you know. But, um, yeah, it's like this is a solid foundation of truth you get when you get it. And if you don't get it yet, like, you don't get it yet. And the key word there is yet. You know, there's always a right. chance for you to get it one day. But I agree with you, too, on that, like, macro level of, like, societies, too. Not just individuals, but, like, societies that were rooted in Logos. I'm sure, like you're saying, like, they just got it. They didn't yeah. need to, like, have questions of, like, well, do I exist? Well, if I perceive that I exist, does that prove existence? Well, what if you... <laughs> you know, it's like these, like, theories that kind of pop up in your head. Like, none of that matters. It's just like, well, um, I'm going to grow food for my family today right <laughs> i'm going to feed my family and if my neighbors need help i'm going to help them um live and survive and feed their families uh what were you saying over there about the <laughs> hey you and your goofy pants what, what were you saying about uh your little theories and your little your little thoughts and opinions about things um but yeah i think when you're rooted in logos like you just get it there's just truth and you don't need to like explain it or prove it to people you have it, you live it, you are it. And that's yeah, and I th true on the macro and the micro. The and micro, I, I do yeah. think that it, it there, there is a, um, like, how do I explain it? There, sometimes when you're like, uh, so say that there's like a room in a house and it's just a thought experiment, right? And they, or somebody's only ever lived in, in, in a, inside in a cave. It's almost like Plato's cave, yeah, but like a cave somebody, uh, in Greece. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but somebody goes outside and they get sunburn and they come back in or before they leave, they say, Hey, there's a sun out there. They're like, Oh, prove the sun. It's like, well, unless you go out with me, you're not going to see it. Uh, right. they're like, Oh, it doesn't exist, whatever. But then you come back and you're sunburned. They'll be now. They can still doubt it, but there's a there is a transformative thing that occurred where they can see a change in the person who had the experience with the sun in that example. And I think a lot of times, like I will often not necessarily go to a source material uh, that a lot of people, especially if it's dark that a lot of people have been exposed to because I can pick up enough on their reaction of like, it's almost like somebody coming out of a horror film and they're like, Oh my God. I'm like, okay, they just saw something I could tell by their reaction. I don't need to go to the source material that I can, I can make inferences based on enough data points where I'm like, okay, there was something gross in there. There was something bad or whatever. And I think, um, I've seen enough on the micro and the macro of believers who, have I mean I've had my own transcendental experiences as well, but you can see and again to somebody who's in denial and very secular, this won't be enough to quote unquote prove it, but you can see the manifestation of uh, at at best let's play quote unquote devil's advocate for like a secular person, where I can make the definitive case that it would even be good for a society to believe in something that didn't exist 
because of the fruit of what it comes up with. Uh, it's like that. That what's that one? Um, uh, it's something. Somebody's wager, Pascal's wager, or whatever. I, I can't remember what it is, but it's basically um, there's four scenarios. You you go through all of life, you believe in God, and then you're right. You go through all of life, and you believe in God, and you're wrong. You don't go through life, or you go through life, you don't believe in God, and you're wrong, and you meet God, and you go through life and uh, not believing in God, and then you're right, and there's no God. The scenario, all the best scenarios are when you believe in God, when you go through all of those. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just, to me, there's so much overwhelming evidence, even if it's secondhand, residual, I'm looking at um, what would be, I, I suppose, like the reflections of uh, create the uh, things that God has done. Like the, the way I could see a person's life is transformed. Like even in that movie that I was talking about where like, you could see uh, the difference between how a life would turn out under the right circumstances versus the other. Like to me, there is such an, an obvious difference between connecting to that versus not that it's for me personally, overwhelming. If you needed evidence, that's enough evidence um, to show that that is true. Like you you can see it. Uh, if it's not enough to see all the people whose lives have been transformed by it and the way that like both the, as a person um, they've been transformed, but their lives that reflect around it, they're, they're more jovial, they're fun to be around. Um, they're, they're, they're more productive and, and all these things you could see one-on-one -on -one in this time right now. And then you can look through history and just see uh, societies that were just crushing. And then you, and you kind of see, okay, they were doing something right and you can even look now and seeing how degenerate and gross you could you could do it almost like a negative correlation where it's just like you can see when you take away this thing how bad it gets versus like um look at all the people who held true to this thing and where they ended up it just seems like a very very clear-cut um it's it, it's kind of wild for me that anyone would still be on the fence at this point, or even yeah. atheist. It's like that uh, thing Vox was saying the meme, like, "What happened? Why did atheism suddenly fizzle out? It's like because the devil showed up. Like, turn on your news. Like, it's it's crazy that you can. It's hard for me to not. Like, how do people not? It's so easy to describe a lot of these quote unquote freakouts that you see people do on social media as not demonic possession. Like. Yeah. It's the easiest, the first thing, even if you're relatively secular, you'd be like, eh, that kind of reminds me of that movie where the people were acting, <laughs> you know, like, ah. and it's like, you could pawn it off as saying it's just a psychological phenomenon, but you're going to be wanting, you, you know, like I, I was there like trying to be logical and scientific and blah, blah, blah. But if you only are getting your answers from the secular, you're limited and there's, there's parts of it that you're like, it still doesn't explain this. It still doesn't explain this. When you bring in the metaphysical, when you bring in divine law, good and evil, God, you're like, okay, that now the now I now I see the full picture. Yeah. So. It's my well, that too, like going back to what you're saying earlier, and then like just now too is like when you have that spiritual foundation of God, <laughs> when that's your cornerstone, when your foundation, when whatever house you're building is has a foundation made on rock. Like a solid, firm foundation of the truth, and not just fleeting sand. 
<laughs> mud, mud floods. Um, when you have that truth, that logos in your heart guiding you, eventually, like, good, true, and beautiful things will occur. And I think, like, Western civilization is that. Like, Christianity, like, the Bible took root in pagan Europe. And there was a few hundred years there where it was, like, chaotic. And it was some tough, some tough evangelism happening, you know? I mean, it wasn't until, like, maybe 600 or 900, according to the official, quote-unquote, official narratives were given... Um, you know, but then from that point on, from like 900, it was like a thousand years of just what we call Western civilization. This amazing, beautiful, just unbelievable civilization. And that wasn't just because people had white skin. It wasn't just because of like a language or a code of law. Some people like to point to like the law, the unique set of law that allowed that to happen. The, the real cause of that flourishing of goodness, truth, and beauty was that they were finally Christians. And it was messy, and before that, it was like non-existent, and it was chaotic and brutal. And now what we're seeing is the, the fall of that, right? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Right. Like, we're seeing the fact that we're now abandoning God, just like Israel in the Old Testament. Like, we're favored by God, things are amazing, we start going, oh, things are amazing because we did it. Like that meme you were saying, like, I built this. This is me now. I'm going to love and trust myself. No, thank you, God. I don't even think you're real anymore. And then like, boom, 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 your society will start to collapse inevitably. It might take, right. it might be an instant. It might take a hundred years. It might take many, many generations. On the flip side, like I would love to time travel. <laughs> Speaking of that, I would love to time travel 500 years from now and see what happens in Africa and Iran and China, where Christianity right now is booming and taking off. Because, yeah, those places are like third world countries or they're like uncivilized or they're, you know, only like kind of beginning to become modernized or whatever. Um, but they're also like becoming Christian for the first time. And it's crazy and chaotic, and there's wars in Africa between Christians are being persecuted in Iran, persecuted in China, but it's growing, it's flourishing, and in those places like that, and having other places too, but places like that, like in 500 years, I cannot imagine how amazing their civilizations are going to be, not because of their genetics or their DNA or their race or their language or their rule of law, but because they are now developing and will soon in the future have a solid foundation of logos they will right. be christians and like their culture will inevitably flourish you know and it's like they're not quite there yet but they're about to be right and like we in the west in europe and we are like experiencing the downfall like that inevitable like end of we just experienced a thousand years of that and now right. we're abandoning god and so we're about to be 500 years from now. Uh, things probably aren't going to be great. <laughs> right. They could be. I, I hope I hope that's not true. It could totally turn around. You know, let's not give up and have any despair about that. Let's try to be the change that stops that from happening. But right. like, that's probably going to happen if we continue to reject and abandon God. If yeah. this, if this uh, pace keeps up. But then on the flip side, like look at these countries that have never had God before. Now they're finding him, and I can't even imagine what's about to happen in places like that once they do true, once that takes root. 
once that right. does like become ingrained in their heart and their foundation whatever nation they're building or like like kingdom they're building is finally built on a foundation of truth it's going to be glorious there's going to be castles shooting up into the heavens you know yeah. um and places like the, in the west western civilizations we have experienced that and our houses are now crumbling because we're now building cheap <laughs> crappy built homes with cheap materials made in foreign countries by laborers <laughs> brought in from other countries you know these godless buildings made on you know godless castles made on sand that are just doomed to fail you know given some the first storm that comes along you know yeah but yeah i mean that's but... that's the root of it is that god or no god and you'll flourish with god and you'll you're bound to fail <laughs> now yeah. or later without him you know yeah i to what degree i don't know or foresee and i can't really put a percentage on a prediction but I definitely think there will be pockets in the West that'll be fine and flourish. They've already, yeah. they, they've come enough to, they've come close enough to the abyss to be like, whoop, turn the ship around. <laughs> and they're like taking, they're taking their faith serious again and it will be permeating yeah. through. Um, I, I do think it's helpful. You know, I'm never going to say that bad events are good because that's inverted, but to at least see, to have lived in a generation where you can see like, Oh, this is what ha like this is for real. Like you need to like follow. Um, whether it permeates those surviving uh, cultures and communities are strong enough, and then everything else collapses to the point so bad that the only power vacuum were the good people, and they kind of take over, and and the West bounces back faster. I don't know if that if that's a, a truly natural phenomenon. It, it would seem, in order for it to be as flourishing as it has historically, it would have to be, it would take longer. Um, so there'll probably be some kind of like weak version of the hollowed out version of a secular world that's just kind of humming along with whatever technology that they can't, you know, toilets aren't really flushing, but you can order on Amazon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you can order but you'll... bottles of water on Amazon, but you can't get it. Right. Your tap. Yeah. yeah. That's probably a great way to put it. And then, uh, <laughs> but that you also have like what I, what I've seen at, at, at the, like the, uh, Bataria times festival, like that kind of stuff, not just the people I met, but like, how the kids were and how everyone was coming together. And even like um, Adam is uh, the director and I was helping him out um, doing some of the interviews. I was like doing lighting for him. And um, and one of the interviews just kind of like blew my mind. I was trying not to like react while she was talking because I didn't want to throw her off. But they were talking about they really took uh, Owen's Builder Buddy program and ran with it. And um, and how, like she was talking about where her life was and, uh, you know, how she was like in transition and, you know, and how they were able to create a dynamic through community and all this stuff and how she got to a better spot and how they're doing that with other people and like how that's like spreading and people are growing in communities and having babies and all that stuff. Um, that kind of thing I think is going to be strong and as it, grows and, and gets stronger you know i i'm excited to like 
airships and you know looking at like having the christopher gardeners of the community come in and, and talk like and you know rediscover cool technology will it be the uh the central governing aspect of the west probably not but i don't think anyone really wanted to like that's not the goal you know what i mean so um in an ideal scenario it flourishes so well it's a city on the hill or whatever and other other people kind of um mirror it and there's enough of that decentralized where it kind of naturally comes back but I don't know. It'll it'll it will really be interesting. Of you know, you got to stay true. Um, like even uh, in the first doc when uh, Jim, Bob, and Owen were talking about like Urserio, it's like the original intent of it is beautiful, and to the extent it can be maintained in our generation, it'll be great. But if somebody wants to come in years later and buy it out and then turn it into something that I really you know it really wasn't intended for it's up to the morality of the people to either not sell it or remember to keep it true to, um, you know, the, the good, the true and the beautiful. It's, it's true yeah. about churches. It's true about all yeah. sorts of things that that to me is like one of the most important lessons to pass down generation to generation that I think has totally been lost on the previous couple generations. I think maybe the last one to really know it was uh, the greatest generation right before world war two. The boomers definitely didn't know that, and the boomers didn't teach it to uh, Gen X or millennials the importance of. I mean, maybe some did, but by and large, as a giant society, was not taught that like you don't, um, you have to earn it. Like you, yes, you're being handed like a technologically advanced civilization, but without a, a strong moral foundation, all of this will go. Your your toilets won't work. Um, yeah. I mean, you, we can see the horrors of of what that turns into if you don't follow, you know, morality. Yeah. No, well said. So. I was gonna, I'm going to bring this up. You might see it on a delay if you're watching the stream. But um, this is – I've been obsessed with this guy, Thomas Cole. He's okay. a painter. Um, his paintings – I've been buying them. I'm, like, starting to decorate my wall with them. Let me get my picture out. One second. Okay. Um, but this guy, Thomas Cole, you've probably seen some of his, like, things. Um, usually those memes that are, like, kind of what we're talking about, too, where it's, like, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times. And then you'll usually see his paintings because he documents civilization in all of stages. He's not only, like, an amazing painter. Like, I'm going to bring up some of his paintings. Like, truly remarkable, realistic paintings. But then there's, like, such, like, he gets it. He totally gets it. He documents, like, all the stages of civilization, like, at its height. Let me see if I can find it. Um, like, at its height, like, at its pinnacle, you know, it'll just be, like, these depictions of, like, Greco-Roman architecture and people. And it almost looks like a scene out of, like, a, people depicting, like, how the gods would live, you know. And then the next, like, painting will be, like, the aftermath so, like, a crumbling tower with, like, earth, like, you know, trees and plants overtaking, like, a crumbling castle. And so it's this beautiful, like, like not only just beautiful paintings in general, but it's, like, depicting the different stages of civilization and humanity. Like, the heights we can achieve and then, like, what can happen afterwards. And right. then even what happens when the rebuilding. Like, he'll, he'll do these pictures of, like, 
you know, obviously there was a civilization. Obviously it, it fell. <laughs> it's like destroyed. It's in ruins. You know, there's plants overtaking the architecture. But then there's like people starting to rebuild or build right. something new at the base of it, you know. And it's just this beautiful, like, that is that kind of cycle of like good times, hard times, you know, strong men, weak men. And these kind of natural evolutions of like strong men, good people, moral people build good, true and beautiful things. And it's right. kind of almost inevitable that like it's going to be lost and it's right. going to fall. Like and it's inevitably going to fall. But well, what like do you seasons. do with that? Does it become ruins or do you just does the next generation or a generation to come pick up the pieces and rebuild or build something right. new and better? Like right. where is, and it all comes down to what you're saying, like the people, it's the morality of the people. Yes, right. the morality is going to build something great, but then like when you lose that morality, you're going to see the destruction, but then there's always a chance to reclaim what has been lost, like reclaim that morality and rebuild, pick the pieces back up and build something even better than before, you know? Yeah. Um, this is well, kind of I... the famous picture on the screen right now is like... Um, the fall of the empire. He has these amazing paintings that are like the rise of the empire, the height of the, uh, the, the rise of civilization, the height of civilization and the fall of civilization. And it's kind of depicting the, the height of the Roman empire. And then like kind of when the barbar barbarians are at the gates and storming the capital. Yeah. Um, kind of like famously depicted, but yeah, it's just amazing. It's like, not only is this guy, this guy truly like has logos in his heart. You know, he just gets it on so many levels. And this was hundreds of years ago with no internet access, you know, probably very limited access to books and stuff. This guy just got it. <laughs> his <Right>. soul just <laughs> was resonating on such a high level. And so not only was he like unbelievable at his craft, like painting, but he's clearly like coming up with these profound concepts of what we're talking about now, which even today are profound concepts. And he was like putting this into his paintings without words without half hour long ramblings, <laughs> you know, just like boom, impactful images that are like so breathtakingly portrayed, you know? And yeah. then he also was definitely Oh flat yeah, Earther I recognize too. that one. There's also a flat earther I'm bringing up right now. <laughs> yeah, I think Hilarious, I'm gonna delay, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. watching it on YouTube, but uh, you're, yeah. you, I, I'm looking at the one, that's the one I've seen a lot of like the, when times the go bad. The civilization, and, yeah, and like the barbarians yeah. are kind of storming the capital and destroying it. But one thing that's cool, uh, one of those pictures I was showing, like uh, it was like the ruins, but as the foliage was growing over it. What's cool about that is you can draw inspiration as a later generation from both seeing it at its height, but also um, seeing it like after it, it's in ruins, because it gives you like the story is right there where you see that like this this was beautiful, but it wasn't kept. And this is what happens when it's not kept, and like all of that is communicated in the physical structure, as, just like it is in the in the painting. But it's cool that you can. I think it would be the worst would be if the actual structure is completely removed and you never knew it existed, because then it's that that's to me a true fall. Because at least having remnants of it, you you know that it's possible to create something beautiful. Then a previous group did it. And then you can look through and see what was it uh, inevitably is probably immorality, but what was it that didn't upkeep it uh, and to make those um, changes. And also I wonder, this is the operating theory, but like if it's just like seasons and cycles where it's like th these things are to come to pass 
and you know like you will try to keep things up as much as you as much as possible and you pass down the knowledge through generation to generation but that on the macro inevitably you're gonna have or maybe not i don't know that it's a good question like how did the amish survive how did the mennonites survive that you know are is it indicative of the fact that they will continue to because apparently like the mormons are having a little bit of trouble they're getting a little grabbly from what i've heard yeah um and it's like i don't know maybe, maybe that's ultimately like the race like which group hangs on to that morality throughout the times and then you know is rewarded in the end i think that's a fascinating um thought experiment to do yeah yeah, these are cool photos. They're for or not photos. These are paintings. <laughs> it almost Ever looks since like it, photos, though. I mean, it, it is really like breathtaking. Ever since the NASA thing, though, I'm really careful with like the difference between saying an image, <laughs> image a picture, yeah. <laughs> a photo, Images and a painting versus yeah, painting versus photo. But yeah, just us. Yeah, I just want to bring that in because it is. It's kind of exactly what we're talking about too. But I just love like. I can't find it, but I have this on my wall, and I can't really flip my camera around to show it. But it's this, like, it's it's like this, almost like this, like this Roman aqueduct, and it's clearly, like, in a state of disarray and crumbling, and plants are overtaking it. But then at the base of it, kind of, like, way in front, down at the bottom of a valley, is, like, a little, like, homestead. It's like a little cabin that someone built, and there's, like, smoke coming out of it. And I have it on my wall and I just love looking at it because to me it's just so profound of like there once was a big giant glorious empire that more than likely is that way because they believed in God. Right. <laughs> they were logos, you know, and they built this giant civilization and then they lost it. You know, this big giant technologically advanced civilization, everything was great and they abandoned what made them great and they lost it and it was destroyed and now nature's like retaking it. And it's just crumbling. Like what was once there, what was once glorious physically is just decaying and destroying and being like returned to the earth brick by brick. And then right. right at the bottom, and the reason I brought this whole thing up too, is right at the bottom are people picking up the pieces. Going right. back to the simple, like we just have a little log cabin, we have a fire going, my family's being fed, you know? <laughs> Right. And it's just like this unstoppable, like, yeah, you can destroy our civilization and nature can retake everything, but like we are still here and we're still going to crush. And it might yep. take going back to like the simple roots, our simple foundations, you know, but it's just to me, it's like I look at this every day. I'm like so profoundly impacted by it where it's like, do we have today? Yes. Let's go out and crush. Okay. Yeah. yeah we once were glorious and we fell. Our civilization's totally destroyed. But I'm still here. My family's still here. We still have a day, and we're still going to take that opportunity to crush, no matter what. Yeah, we don't yeah. have these giant aqueducts <laughs> <laughs> bringing water from mountains into our giant metropolis city where everything's fun and pleasurable. Like, yeah, probably times are tough and hard and struggling, but like my family has a fire and food, you know, right. and, and today. And I just love that. It's like so profound. And so I've just been obsessed. I now have like all these little pictures of his all over my wall. I bought the, all those stages of the civilization, the, the rise, the, the height, and the fall. Those famous pictures you said you recognize. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Because <laughs> too, it was like feeding into exactly what we were saying about that. Um, yeah. So yeah. Thomas Cole, shout out to him. <laughs> nice. 300 years ago or whatever, whenever he was crushing. Oh, you know he what? He totally got it. You know, he's a guy who got it before the internet. 
I gotta find. I think I found it on Nine Gag because I, right before I I came on here, I was watching this AI, um, thing. Whatever it doesn't matter. But what they did was they would put like two different paintings together and they would make a box in the space between them and the AI would fill in of like how to transition from one painting to the other. And it would give you like four or five options. And then the guy was picking the one that would go. And he was like connecting uh, that famous screaming painting with uh, like a starry night and all these other, anyway, but that would be really cool to play with where you could take a lot of your favorite uh, coal paintings and you can, um, even the ones yeah. that show like the before and after transition and just to see what the a because the ai painting things are pretty cool i i i, yeah. I binge on on those i actually had a i made a collection of um uh you would i would give it you would put in two you could put in multiple words but i did two i would do bear and then i would give it an aesthetic and it would create this really cool um series of like like i did like steampunk bears i did like uh Oh man, I don't just like all these different uh, artists, you know, Art Deco bear, and uh, I'll, I'll see if I can post it somewhere. Maybe I'll put it on. Uh, uh, where could I put that? I'll put it on the Bertaria Times app. Um, yeah. But anyway, I love. I'm really like going down a, a the AI artistic <laughs> yeah. uh, rabbit hole. Letting it paint for you. <laughs> yeah, or just you know, just like the dynamic between it. It kind of reminds yeah. me of one of the first times I got like a. A processor pedal for a guitar of like you know the infinite possibility of like oh what happens if i put this effect with that effect and you know it's not it's not pure ai just doing its own thing i'm kind of guiding it i'm like take these two and then it does this and then i'll i'll adjust one thing and it'll it'll do that and with those paintings to use an ai to bring them together in a way i think will be cool i'm going to see if i can find what that guy was using because that'll be that'll be really cool for yeah. the coal paintings yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah please send them to me that's cool <laughs> yeah coffee grounds bear in the chat says empire always expands too far and eventually waters its original nation out too thin for it to s sustain or continue yeah and i experienced well, that in my life so like i'm came from san diego like in california like california in the 70s and 80s was like republican <laughs> <laughs> people don't know that like they or they seem to have forgotten that like it was pretty christian and pretty conservative it was a yeah. ronald Re ronald reagan was you know in the 80s you know how like texas when they're voting they're doing electoral maps on election day and they're like well of course texas is red you know they just color in red before the votes are even counted they're like well yeah, yeah of course texas is just red that right. was california <laughs> in the 80s like the people would just color it in red like yes this is red there's no way the Democrats have a chance at this. And right. now, 40 years later, it's a joke. It's a punchline. It's like a liberal right. hellhole. Everyone brings it up. Like, look at how horrible it is. That's like, California is an amazing state. It was truly like an incredible social environment as well. And then it like got too big, too nice, too comfortable, too great. And now it's collapsing. Now they've right. let barbarians in. You know, sorry, that's offensive. <laughs> they let all these foreigners in that aren't, they don't know the language, they don't share the culture, they don't share the religion. They've let right. even insiders that are not that are godless just flock out there for financial gain. And now they've brought their godlessness there. Like, it's become revolutionary and chaotic and it rejects logos and it rejects God. And now it's crumbling, inevitably. Right. 
But right. so, like, I moved now. I'm in Nashville. I moved to Tennessee. And Tennessee, red state, Christian state, always been. And everyone here just assumes it always will be. And I right. moved here, and I'm kind of like, ah, guys, I hate to break it to you, but I know what's coming. Right. <laughs> I've seen this happen before, and I can see what's happening. Like, everyone is moving to Nashville. These foreigners, these immigrants, these godless people are moving to Tennessee because it's financially profitable. Corporations right. are moving here. People are moving here because the tax breaks. People are moving here because it's a stable foundation. And they're moving here, and they're not Christians, and they're slowly eroding away what made this state great. And right. everyone here is so used to, like, it's always been Christian, it's always been conservative, and it always will be. There's no chance it won't go red on election night. There's no way that there won't be churches at every corner. And it's like, in 40 years, you're going to have a rude awakening. <laughs> Tennessee right. is bound to be a punchline. And it, I can see it right now. I can see, like, what's happening. It's, it's like California in the 80s where it's like we're getting too comfortable, too passive. We're just freely letting in godlessness unchecked. We're not fighting against it. And when I bring these things up, people are like, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're new, so you don't get it. Oh, that would never happen. It's never happened before, so it can't happen in the future. And I'm, right. like, coming and being, like, trying to be like Paul Revere, like, the godless are coming. The godless are coming. <laughs> I'm on my horse, like, in the streets. Hey, guys, the godless are coming. Hey, Dude, grab your muskets. We need, to, <laughs> we need to drive them out. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, you're crazy. You don't get it. You don't know what, 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 what it's really like here yet. And it's like, okay, you know, okay. Like, you'll, you're, you'll get what you deserve, you know? Yeah. And just what he's saying and just what we're saying, like, it expands too far, it gets too rich, it gets too comfortable, and inevitably it, that's what causes the destruction because you go away, you move away from what made you great in the beginning. And right. it's just kind of bound to fail. You're bound to fail. And I think that's inevitable in this physical realm, which is why we, as Christians, as believers, as people spiritually reconnected with God, like we fixate our eyes on eternity and that's our utopia. And that's what's glorious and grand. And everything here is just that. You have to almost expect it to like be burned up in time, fall in time, right. be destroyed, be re <laughs> reclaimed by the earth. Like those Thomas Cole paintings where aqueducts are crumbling because trees are ripping them down brick by brick as they're like the, like the earth is physically reclaiming what we've built, you know, and just know yeah. like that's inevitable. Like this is a temporary physical place. It's not an eternal, everlasting, glorious place, you know? Yeah. Um, doesn't mean don't try. Doesn't, <laughs> well, doesn't mean don't live live well in the meantime. You know, fixate your eyes on eternity, but live in the now. Live in the life you have and bloom, bloom where you're planted. But yeah. just know that, like, these things are inevitable. And not to be, like, full of despair as a result of it or lose hope as a result of it. Yeah. Well, A, it's cyclical. And B, um, I, I almost wonder if... There, there comes a point where there actually has been enough um, autopsies, for lack of a better term, uh, state <laughs> autopsies, where people go, yeah. yes, this is a pattern, we see it, and now we're going to start legislating and go, like, they go full Poland, and they're like, no, 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 <laughs> like, you just, that's it, no one's coming in. Um, we're going yeah. to make sure that we codify as much as we can the things that we know will uh 
you know, keep keep this strong. Uh, because yeah, I mean, economically that, that's one of those things, you know, to the, what we were talking about earlier with Vox, um, where he kind of had, uh, a realization of the satanic nature of free market libertarianism, yeah. where that's exactly one of the, the forces that's doing that pattern because they created such a beautiful thing in California. Uh, something beautiful grows, flourishes, attracts people, attracts economic activity, all these things. And then it just tears away at it if you don't have the morality to properly um, prevent that. So, you know, you, you got to have some things in place where it's not just a free market. Anyone can buy anything at any time. Anyone can come, you know, like let the money fly in and then, you know, it displaces the native population, the native culture and all of these uh, um you know things and it it happens in both ends i don't know if you saw that that um that story of uh some mexico city a lot of displaced americans yeah. who are tired of living living in like their crime whatever they they're buying up all the apartments in in this mexican city and the local mexicans are like what the heck like <laughs> you're changing the culture here go back home right <laughs> um and it, the same thing would happen i don't, I don't know if that city was originally like maybe very religious or you know whatever it was but i would suspect if it was beautiful that was probably the case um but here you have free market free market forces that are just exploiting for economic gain and at the at the detriment of the the local culture and the local uh things that you know were that made it good to begin with yep yeah that's great <laughs> i had all these questions and we didn't get to any of them we just had it instead we oh. had an amazing conversation <laughs> an amazing other you, conversation that went totally unplanned to but was like better than what i had planned so that was great do you want to do a lightning round but uh or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure well yeah i did want to ask it's kind of what we were saying actually would you just be down to come on in another month or two yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to do these a lot more. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I did a Hanging with the Bears, and I wanted to... I was going to do one at the festival, but I know they were trying to minimize the uh, the live streaming there, which is cool. I'd love to, to come on come on frequently. Yeah. Well, I wanted to... Because this is something you... on the I guess on the Owen Telegram... I was just saying it's you, but I guess it's officially right. you representing Owen... But um, on the Telegram, you reposted this from Andrew Torbo. This was like a few months ago. And so Andrew Torbo right. posted this and you responded to it. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because I thought it was interesting. But he wrote, I actually agree with this concept. We should ask all politicians which is supreme, the Bible or the Constitution. If they don't say the Bible, they get booted. And he added LOL, which I thought was pretty funny. But then you responded. So you reposted that and then you commented if U.S. elected officials are told to sign a pledge to Israel, is it so much to ask them to pledge to pledge a side for or against the Bible? After all, they're supposed to take an oath with their hand on it. So I just loved that. <laughs> and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. You can leave it at that. I mean, you, you let, that is your thoughts. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, maybe extra profound insight. Because <laughs> I just love yeah. that thought that like no one brings up, but it's so true, and it's like right there in our face. Like before they're even politicians, their hands are on Bibles and they're swearing oaths to these Bibles. Right. But then somehow, like after the fact, we act like, well, the Constitution. 
well, the separation of church and state, the Constitution is the rule of law in America. And it's like, I don't care what your Bible says, the Constitution. It's like, well, before yeah. they're even, <laughs> their hands are on Bibles pouring out. It's like, we don't ever really talk or think about that aspect of like, the Bible probably should be first. And it literally physically is first in the process. And then the Constitution comes after. Um, right. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Well, a couple of things. One, anytime, like as far as social media posts, I love doing the, if I can reveal a juxtaposition that, I, and I 100% learned that from Owen, like the understudy of like, you you go, it, it, it happens in comedy all the time where I call it the, um, the Death Star exhaust phenomenon, where it's like the thing that's like elephant in the room, go there that like, you know, it ha it's where the most of the energy is. So in comedy, you go and you hit that thing and it's what everyone kind of is either thinking but or it's there and the comedian hits it in just a way where there's a release and everyone can laugh. But there's also that exists cognitively where, you know, like you, you think politicians pledge. Well, okay, they all have to pledge to Israel. Um, and <laughs> it probably prompted my, th my thought was, you know, what Torah was talking about, um, you know, like with the Bible, I'm like, well, they do, uh, well, they're supposed to actually, uh, put their hand on the Bible. Now I, I will say this, which is, you know, talking about getting back to understanding, you know, how civilization thrived and whatever is that the constitution, this, this is just like the earlier question of like the kind of hypothetical binary that you really don't have to choose between. Um, the power in the constitution comes from the Bible that all power has to uh align with divine law otherwise it, it's it like people can come up with all sorts of secular nonsense like on wednesday we all poke ourselves in the right eye when it's raining like you can come up with <laughs> absurd uh nonsensical quote-unquote laws but the thing it has to for it to remain true and um what's the word like uh reverberate or properly you know stand in the test of time and all that it has to properly align um or i should say the more it aligns with divine law the better so a lot of the allegedly i'm speaking you know my operating theory uh, a lot of the founding fathers knew all this stuff and they studied um all kinds of like how they're actually having the conversation that we're having which is like okay how did these civilizations fall before um like, can we take the best of each where here's my civics 101 lesson, but like, um, can we strike a balance between an oligarchy, a monarchy and a, you know, not mob rule, but democracy where you have the house of representatives, which is based on population. It's relatively democratic versus the Senate, which is not at all that, you know, there's, there's, um, equal representation, irrespective of population. Then you have the oligarchy, um, oligarchy which would be the nine Supreme Court justices. And then you have the monarchy, which is the um, the president. And I think one of the most genius rules that they did, and not just in the uh, in the federal government, but just the balance between federal and state is the disbursement and decentralization of power. When you have every single time uh, man specifically have centralized power, there's no way it doesn't go bad. Uh, the only in my humble opinion, the only way that it's ever going to, or has hypothetically, if the millennial reign already happened, uh, is to work is the perfect man, Christ, B 
being the king of kings, being able to handle that that level of um, power. Beyond that, decentralizing it and giving people, uh, you know, trying to prevent all the tyrannical things that failed in the past. But to their earlier point, you know, raising their hands in the Bible, um, I actually think there's an interesting thing going on. I actually was at, um, uh, I, I was applying for like a passport and they did a thing. Granted, this is like low level. It wasn't like serious, but they did like the raise your right hand to kind of like do a generic sign, you know, um, like swear me in or whatever to to attest that whatever. But I was like, I didn't put my hand on a Bible. Like, what what is this gesture without the? Um, and I also wanted to look into that. Why is it the right hand up and the left hand on something? Because I think isn't that they're like, I was. I think it imitates. Thinking, there's a thing about it imitating Christ. Right. Like Christ is depicted that way as well. I think it's okay. like, um, I forget it. The Orthodox and the Catholics would probably know the answer. There's a reason why Christ is depicted as having his one hand up a certain way and one hand down a certain way. And then right. there's also a reason why they invert it when they draw Lucifer or whatever. Why, right. Like the left hand's up for this reason. There's like a specific reason why oh, they that, like depict that these one hands in certain ways and fingers and I, stuff. And I didn't really get, there's like a thing with like... Um, three fingers touching right and it's supposed to like that like I, you can't i don't know if you can see it but like i think it's like this like your thumb your index and your ring finger touch and there's like ways that are depicted and what it is is it's supposed to be the holy trinity um, right like depicted and then there's some way to like invert it or like they you know so there's like little things like that you'd never really know unless you knew right <laughs> that's interesting but like i think i think that is from that I've heard someone well, on like I, a TikTok or something explain that before. Yeah, I, I have. <laughs> so seen, I don't even know if it's true. It's like I'm kind of going off what I've kind of like heard on on the internet, but yeah, and actually Jedi Master in the YouTube chat. Yeah, I I was thinking Baphomet as well that you know there's symbology, but um, I I have heard with the Christ imagery because um, his his one hand is outward toward um, it was uh, receiving from God and giving to. Um, the believers, the the followers of Christ, I think, I don't know. And one hand is for reception and one hand is for giving. And so if you're inverting that, it would be to take from man. I don't know. Anyway, my point is by taking away the Bible. And I even remember there was like a Senator who was saying like, you know, God has no place in Congress or, you know, we don't swear in on a Bible or any anymore or whatever. Like you're literally, I know they think they can do that. And I know everyone behaves like they can do that, but all of this is on a foundation of divine law. And if you take out that foundation, um, it's like, why, if there's no right and wrong, if there's no rules, then how are the, the governing, like, where's the authority of the person saying that? Like all of, all of it collapses. Um, so with uh to the original question of you know what, what torba was saying um it's kind of absurd that they they whether they realize it or, or not if unless they are um properly acknowledging um the source of power it's going to come back and bite them so it's kind of absurd uh and i think when i read that i i, I thought it's absurd. i didn't even know um Congress people, I mean, I suppose people on the quote-unquote left have a problem with the Bible, but, you know, whatever. They're already 
they're so far out there. I, I don't even really follow them. I got off the crazy train a while ago, but um, because <laughs> yeah. it's like it is it is that meme where it's like, can you believe what the left did? I'm like, I really, yeah. yes, I can because it's just crazy. It's yes, like, I can, and I don't care. Also, right, it's mad lib. It if anything, it'd be surprising. Yeah. yeah, it'd be surprising if they didn't do something crazy. Like it's so yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I I think. Uh, um, the you, you shouldn't you don't get you don't have to choose between the constitution and the bible because the power of the constitution comes from the divine law which is laid out in the bible yeah yeah that was and we we're talking just before we started the stream about doug wilson trying to set up mm -hmm. his theocracy and he's being attacked in the press right now but he did right. like an interview with meet the press which kind of sparked my deep dive today into like what's going on with his vision <laughs> and movement and just stuff but he did this interview. There's two profound things. One, one was he said, "Our rights come to us from God, not from the government." Right. You know, this media is like, "Oh no, how dare you? Oh, you're attacking my God, which is the state." You know, he just like so simply is like, "No, like rights come from God. You know, everything right. comes from God. Like He's the source of everything." Right. But there yep. was this profound thing, and I'm, I was trying to look up the clip, and I couldn't find it. But I found the first part, which of course they exclude when they do their revision in the press, but. The full exchange was, you know, this lady's asking about, you know, in your theo in your like city that's a theocracy, are there people allowed by gay people? And he's or like gay marriage, and he's like, oh no, you know, no gay marriage, but like I can't stop gay people, you know, like I'm not just gonna kill right. you for your opinion or for your like beliefs, but like our government is not going to acknowledge your sin, right? Right, and then. I, again they cut it off so i'm trying to like find that end part but i'm going to paraphrase this part where you know she kind of responds well like but like doesn't the law kind of like isn't the law supposed to be morality like is if it's law doesn't that mean it's good and he was he basically responded by saying like well roe was once law <laughs> right but now it's not <laughs> so it's like yeah like you can have laws that are immoral like you right. can definitely have the laws that are immoral and you can also remove those laws because they're right. immoral. And now you right. no longer have those laws. Like law is not morality and people kind of blur those lines or assume that's like a, an equivalent. And that's right. just so not true. Like you said, like if you have some law that's like poke your eye on Thursday, it's like, well, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that <laughs> because it's not moral. It doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't apply to me and I don't have to behave in that way because at the end of the day I have to obey god i have to serve god right. you know and i did this yeah whole and like what well, i was gonna say on lesser magistrates which is a book we had to read for the legion of bears challenge so a lot of the bears right. legion of bears guys are familiar with it but it's just basically breaking down um like christ like what we as christians should be doing in like tyrannical governments because christians right. are like oh we're in tyranny we're living in babylon everything's so horrible and it's like, well, A, what are you doing about it? And like, B, what, like, or A, what, what should we do about it? And B, what are you doing about it? And kind right. of the proper way of like, not just resorting to violence right away, not just fighting right. back against it. Like, what are the actual like procedures to take, like that you should take in responding to this? And like, at what point does a government abandon its morality? Like, it's right. Like every government is appointed by God, like the Romans 13 thing, right? Like. There is a government, like a constitution of America, that was written by people who were supposedly, maybe, like, hypothetically, maybe, likely, allegedly Christians. 
And they designed a government because they were serving God. And they were like obeying God. And God granted them authority to carry out his will. And they did that, right? Right. But at some point, like we're saying, like things are going to erode and crumble to the point where like that authority of the United States government is no longer loving and serving the Lord. And so then how do you replace it? Like what's the proper way of going about replacing it? or changing it for the better or reverting back to something what is the proper way that's not just grabbing muskets and shooting people (laughs) building gallows and hanging people you don't like or agree with you know so i recommend that book or that stream where i talked about that book for anyone it's called the lesser magistrates um but there is like this like and it talks a lot about in this book like profoundly about like we all whether we like it or not especially as men have leadership positions And it Mm -hmm. might be just over your wife. It might be over your wife and your children. It might be over a church. It might be over your community. Like you might have like, like there's roles that just increasingly get bigger where your leadership is bigger and broader and it like expands over more people. But there's going to come a point where like that leadership will be taken from you by force or by God, like spiritually or physically, if you are Mm -hmm. abandoning your role, like your duties and right. responsibilities. Like you have duties and responsibilities, whether you like it when you're in these positions of leadership. And when you just start rejecting God, like it's coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> it might be an invading well, army, an insurgency. It might be it disease or be... plague. Like there's something is going to happen where God is going to take away that position of leadership away from you because you've right. abandoned morality and you've abandoned loving and serving God in that leadership role. Um, and then well, those who don't you, tend to serve well and live well. Yeah. If you, if you, some of it, it, it and again, it, it is, it's in the divine plan. Like it's built into the, what do they call that? Uh, it's, it's, it's baked into the cake was the expression where God's designed it in such a way that through rejecting the proper uh, protocols, it will fall through on its own. Or w- something will be sent in. I like, for instance, when you're talking about um, uh, government, like the proper order of power is God uh, gives power, empowers man with all of the rights therein. Um, you know, the divine rights and the um, what's that uh, birthright and all the all the things that we've been empowered with. When there's enough men around, you know, in existence. There are certain things that have to be decided. You know, it's like saying, uh, you know, as soon as two people are ordering a pizza, the, the, you know, the democracy forms or whatever. But because there's so many people, you have to, you can't have ever, you can't contact everyone all at once. So you create representatives on your behalf. Like, here's the deal. Yeah. You know what we're about in this town. Go speak for us. But the power is God to the person, the person to the representative. The what, And then that's where the government came from. And it, like all things in clown world, it got inverted where they're like, oh, the power comes from government that goes to the politician and then they disperse that amongst the people. It's like, absolutely not. It's the other way around. And if somebody is in that inverted, like the person was, you know, the news person was asking, oh, doesn't morality come from law? Um, when you've abandoned the, like uh, when you're in a uh, moralistic, uh, relativistic moral or um, a non, uh, when you're in a chaotic, if when you, you reject logos, you reject divine law, you're rejecting the Bible, you're rejecting where the proper power comes from. Uh, by nature, the fact that you did that 
your um, your power is on a it's it's like cutting out the turbines on a plane to like cut the weight. Like, yeah, you're still kind of floating, but you don't have much more time left. <laughs> and because the whole thing is like, if you yeah. don't actually have that proper power, like the one you know senator who was like, "Oh, God's not in here." I, if I were there as as a as a um, person under the jurisdiction of God, I'd be like, "Well, then you have no power over me. I'm out." Like your power immediately vanishes uh, because you you he's literally by declaring that he he's declared that this place is is a um, like he's just role playing it. He's a larper at that point. He's pretending that he has power. He doesn't. I'm like, if there's no representative of uh, you know if this, if this is not connected to the divine order which is how you got power to begin with you were you were voted in by the people who were given power through god so if you're you're you might as well say i'm not a politician you know what i mean like the entire thing falls apart and then they'd be like oh well you know you're out of order it's like nobody's listening anymore like sanctuary cities there's federal law that says you you know this law that blah 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 and there's open cities that are like yeah no no yeah it's like that's that's the beginning of like you, people are either following directions or they're not. And if you've gotten rid of there's a right, there's a wrong, um, then it just becomes of like which which rules you follow and and it, it, it all totally falls apart. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. In summary of everything, it's, yeah. <laughs> we're bound to, to fall and crumble without morality. <laughs> Right, without divine law. Like, I'm, we're probably I'm gonna really just summarize everything in the last two hours, and like, uh, without morality, <laughs> things suck. <laughs> if you're not, Thanks, if Walmart. you're not moral, if you don't have God in your life, you, things are gonna be bad. <laughs> yes, it's a good summary. Yeah, quick, quick, mini little lightning round. Um, okay, and then we'll call it. Um, but um, are you? All that being said, are you voting for Trump or DeSantis in 2024? Oh man, I don't even. Who was? There was somebody. I Which was one? You got to pick one of them. You're you're uh, you're anti-left, so you have to pick one of those. Uh, no. And you um, have to vote because that's the only thing that's going to save us. I was jokingly <laughs> going to write in somebody, and I can't remember who it was, but it it was like, oh man, I can't remember. I don't even know if I'm going. I I might vote locally, but I I don't have any interest in national. If you remember back to even... a previous uh, appearance, you did promise that you would write my name in in 2028. Oh, there we go. Oh, 2028. Okay. <laughs> when I, I am when I am I am legally eligible to run for president in 2028. Finally, and I have cool. a confirmed 12 votes, 11 or 12 votes as of right now. Sweet. So, momentum's building, man. <laughs> momentum's building. Let's do this thing. <laughs> I'm down. Christian theocracy. <laughs> well, I, I definitely think there's something to that. Um, all they care about is the percentage of people who actually showed up and voted. And yeah. they do track uh, yeah. whether or not you voted or not. Um, so um, at, at this stage, I, I don't have any interest in, in actually voting. But yeah. uh, I don't know. But you have to pick one. Trump or Oh, if I have to pick one. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but that is true. It's like that yeah. is like just binaries, binaries, binaries. You're you're left or yeah. right. Okay, you're right. So well then, well then, one of these two. It's like well, yeah, or no, <laughs> or no. Yeah. <laughs> like we're gonna kill you with uh, either shooting you or stabbing you. Which one do you want? It's like well, uh, or you could not kill me. 
Yeah. <laughs> or I refuse or, to die. Hey, by the way, I have a gun. I'm going to defend myself against you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or number three, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of the above or option three. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I was going to ask you um, two, then we'll wrap up. But what are your favorite? What What are like some of your favorite pranks? <laughs> like, uh, like, um, <laughs> you know, all those like pranks out there that happen yeah, all the time. What, the, what are some of your favorites? On the macro, le- like on the, uh, you know, <laughs> office fires can take down a whole building level prank or, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. I put salt as sugar prank. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I, pee pee and coke, I think, right? Yes, yeah, that, that's a good one. <laughs> I like the ones that are very, um, like, uh, well thought out in terms, like the, um, the spellcraft of like the Big Bang being uh, a mirror of the birthing process, like those kinds of things, like going to the moon, moon being lunacy, saying I'm going to take the America to uh, clown world yeah. versus going to the Mars, going to war. Uh, th- those levels of pranks where it's like real tricky in the way that they're wording things yeah. or, you know, safe and effective. I'm like, ah, I see what you're doing. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Th- those pranks I appreciate because I like I've gotten to a place where I can I can decipher them a lot better. All that like banking terminology. Yes. Like bank, yes. like how money is just liquid, is water. Well, when <laughs> the they'll, god they'll literally of money just... is really just water, quote. <laughs> you know what? That's actually pretty profound. I wonder if that's <laughs> the inverted that's... god, which is money. Right. Is, uh, that's probably why they do being that. Actual liquid is a. Uh, in theory, liquid. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll bet you that's why they do that. I'm gonna text someone that gravy. Because <laughs> they they often will mock they'll mock yeah. something that's actually good. Yeah. So there we go. Very it nice. is pretty like that. Just everything is liquidity. You know, the only one I can't yeah. figure out is assets. That's like there's like a few that don't make sense for like some kind of water right. thing, but I mean everything banks. You know, yep. flow like. Everything Frozen. is, yeah. Currency. Like, everything yep. is these weird little spell play. But the thing that I always wonder is, like, that is all English language. So when you start yeah. talking Spanish, it's a little different. So then what? And then I start going down rabbit holes of, like, okay, what happened with, like, the English banking system in the last 400 years? <laughs> because that's clearly, like, you can almost pinpoint when this started, when that prank when all these pranks about that started it was in england sometime after about 1600 when they kind of changed the language to be more what similar to what we have now right um and it, obviously like that same thing didn't really apply to like the venetian banking systems because their language is a little different it's less of a jokey prank on us you know right so clearly the pranksters involved were like the english <laughs> some in, people in, in in or around England who were in power in, sometime in the last 400 years. So we can kind of pinpoint the the start and uh, force, the flow of that prank and those pranks. Well, it, it's always very powerful, and I recommend anyone listening. Um, yeah, someone says hmm, some, small, some small hat people took control. Yeah. That might be the well, answer, yeah. <laughs> that. That, that, that makes sense. That is kind of when the small hat people took control in England. Well, too, so. ha- having a strong <laughs> mastery of language, of wordcraft, both the written and the the, the written and the spoken, and, and uh, that's it, written and the spoken. But mastering that is like 
it's very powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Symbols too, like symbology. Yep. Yeah. Well, then also, uh, like, what are what are some beans that you want to be spilled? What's some beans out there uh, that you're just like really like you just can't wait for that someone to spill those beans? Uh the expansion of Bertaria. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna tread very don't, lightly. Don't stop. Owen, stop. Put the know. can opener down, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he's he's said enough where I can still get away with that. But yeah, there, there's always really cool things in development that we try not to spill the beans on before there's at least a little bit more momentum. We used to kind of dream out loud early of like, what well, you know, we're in the thinking phase, but a lot of times, um, you know, for something like I'm dying to get a little bit more free time and put the pedal to the metal for the education stuff, um, which, you know, it, it, it is happening. I just want, you know, want to bring it to fruition a lot quicker. Um, but in, in due time, those things will, will happen. Yep. Right on. Well, I, before we wrap up, um, I did want to say too, like, because um, I want to ask you a little bit more about Earth. I'll just say this. I just love. I just want to say this because the general. These are the general topic sections of the first two Bertari Times magazines. Um, like right. The sections. The con. Like the the topics of the sections. Culture, homesteading, homeschooling, business, resources, community, and life. And I wanted to ask you, how can Americans living in the 2020s possibly be producing and sharing such valuable advice and inspiring content? Because aren't we all supposed to just be living in like a perpetual state of anger, fear, resentment, despair, and victimhood? <laughs> Don't you know you're not allowed to do these kinds of things? <laughs> That's just like amazing. Like, just these magazines have been so amazing. The app has been so amazing and inspiring and valuable and just spreading true wealth. And yeah. I'm so glad that you, like, all the work you've done to be a part of it, that Owen's obviously done, and like every individual bear that has contributed to it. Um, it is just so unbelievable. <laughs> like, the <laughs> festival was kind of like the accumulation as of now of that, and like, the energy everyone, like, we all felt there. Um, yeah. of just goodness, truth, and beauty in these modern times. And then it's kind of like we all go home and we get back to like checking our social media and we get back to our jobs and back to our family. And it's just like, oh yeah, everyone is scared and angry and <laughs> <laughs> confused and full victims and full of despair, you know? But yeah. like, just thank you. Thank everyone out there that is doing this and is a part of this. And just also just how amazing. Can we take a moment to reflect on how amazing this has been and how great everything is becoming? Um, and yeah, just shout out to everyone involved in the magazines, the app. And I wanted to ask you again if you could just tell people how they can be a part of the app and be a part of the magazine where they can get that. And then also just like links and stuff you wanted to share for yourself yeah. and for Owen. Well, the, the app, uh, app.bertariatimes.com, I believe. You can get it on the app stores. Um, yeah, the it, I mean, if you're brand new, if you're fresh, this is the first time you've ever heard of anything, um, the, there'll be a bit of a learning curve if you're, you know, quote unquote, coming out of Babylon because, um, <laughs> yeah. but it, it, it's a fascinating uh, transition to, uh, to almost like catch yourself and be like, oh, 
this doesn't go here you know like this goes somewhere else and then the things that you do share there uh it, it really is just like a different vibe um so but you know most people uh, if you're bear adjacent you're you know you're relatively familiar I, I will say the the great thing about having things established is a lot of times people can just sort of uh observe just scroll through the app and you instantly get the vibe you know you see it, it, it it's as beautiful what's there and it's also as beautiful as clearly what's not there um yeah so that's good uh the magazine um pretty sure everything at bertariatimes.com you can find uh they have they're on in they're on all the socials i think they're instagram telegram all that fun stuff um i feel like i'm forgetting something the bertaria times app we had the festival the documentaries definitely check out the documentaries because that's um that's a lot of you know where we like the festival was a great celebratory thing but um we are still grinding out the building because we're in a very big building phase right now um as a as a people on the macro and as a community um so that's you know if you especially if you're a younger person and you're just like you want to do something you know be inspired definitely check that stuff out because you you know it could be anything in your you start in your backyard uh the app is great for um like connecting with people like building community around you there's also the uh i should know this more readily it, it's a map is it uh is it bear maps i thought it, it had a different address but anyway yeah, there's uh it might be a different address i've heard people but either refer way, to it as that but i don't know what the actual like address board is but yeah yeah, and it's just a way to kind of connect to um, various bears, but you can use the app for that as well. But that kind of thing of like, hey, I'm looking to you know do X, Y, Z, um, you know, apprenticeships and and all that fun stuff. Um, definitely uh, check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's been cool. awesome. The magazines are incredible. The app is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing um the festival was amazing crush yeah. fest also separately was amazing like everything is just bears are so crushing <laughs> just just it's been amazing it's been a while a, a wild ride so far and it's i feel like literally this is only the beginning like that's not just yeah. some little phrase <laughs> it's like amazing how much how far we've come and how much we made already and it literally is like just the beginning yep. um so yeah, the 2020s, the roaring 2020s are going to be good for us. <laughs> <laughs> roaring for bears. <laughs> yeah, roaring. Yeah. Um, I like that. Well, yeah, and then uh, I too, so I, I uh, took me a while to get on Liberty Links because I had a, mm -hmm. I have a website and I had a link tree. And I was like, oh, well, I just already have these two. Why do I need Liberty Links? And then, of right. course, I get grabbled and kicked off of uh, Linktree <laughs> yep. for abusive content, <laughs> you know, spreading the gospel and not cursing at all or sharing any pornography is abusive these days. Right? And, you know, in their when world, it is. Literal porn stars have Linktrees. <laughs> yeah. Literal, like, porn stars, like, like graphic porn stars have Linktrees just in their profiles, but it's abusive to share the gospel. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I finally moved, made the link move over to Liberty links.io. Awesome. Amazing. I should have just been there. The By whole the way, time. should have been just shout out them. Um, shout out Rob we, Colbert. He, yeah, he Rob, made. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Colbert yeah. And you too, right? It says that you, yeah, you, I, you come up with the name. Yeah. Yeah. He was, <laughs> um, 
same situation has friends kicked off of Linktree, and he's like, I'm just going to make this thing real quick. I don't have a name for it. And I, I gave him like three quick names of like this, that, that. He's like, Liberty Links, love it. Boom, done. Yeah. Just, you know, shout out Rob for that. Yeah, Rob. And Shing TV, is that it? Shing? Yep. Yeah, Shing. Shout he's out making to all those Shing. Guys, man. That's awesome. Yep. And That's then just uh, building, building and growing, not like trying to destroy or complain, you know? Right. Being a victor, not being a victim. It's like, right. oh, okay, I got deplatformed. Like, let's go make a new one. <laughs> yep. Oh, we hate all the gross stuff that we see on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Let's go build our own app that's full of nothing but good, true, and beautiful things, you know? Yeah. That's such a crucial and key mindset that is, again, like contributing to why everything is so great for us right now and going forward yeah. in this community is that mindset. And every, it's it's attainable. We were all yeah. once trapped in Babylon and living in despair, and now we're overcoming this, you know, and becoming yep. what, <laughs> this, this state, this, this Bertaria in our hearts, you know, life, <laughs> lifestyle. Um, but yeah, that being said, I was going to say, because libertylinks.io slash Owen Benjamin has all his links to everything. Entropy link, P.O. Box, everything there. So definitely yep. check that out. Um I also, I'm going to do a Genesis series next year. I'm also going to do like a Living Heroes series and just like highlight and document like people who I think are like living today that are just like pe people that genuinely like should be looked up to <laughs> and admired for what they've done. And Owen is definitely on that list. So I'm going to be doing a stream on him, just kind of cool. highlighting that because if there is a living hero, Owen is definitely one of them <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Um, cool. So yeah, everyone out there, check him out libertylinks.io slash Owen Benjamin. Um, and then you kind of represent him, but it's also you <laughs> with yeah. your own thoughts and opinions. And you can find Cod at Owen Comedy on Instagram, Owen Benjamin yep. Rep on Twitter, t.me slash Owen Benjamin Comedy on Telegram, at Owen Benjamin on Gab, and then, yeah, on authorized.tv. The $5 is so worth it. <laughs> so I, w I, I actually have two subscriptions. I, because uh, <laughs> I feel like it should cost more than just $5 a month for how much I use it and love it and have learned and grown from it. Uh, but yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for all the work you've done and for Owen and just for the bears in general. And um, yeah. someone in the chat was also thanking you. Yeah. Jedi yeah, Master thanks. says, thank you for all your work, Cod. Atari Times app is great. And so is UATV. That's so true. Um, yeah. And shout out Ender. Ender is one of the developers at, at UATV um yeah there, there's crushers all around um so shout out all those all those folks too yeah yeah my last question did you have a fun time tonight i did i did i'm enjoying <laughs> these and i'm i'm looking forward to doing doing them more frequently yeah yeah we'll I'll have to come back and uh, talk about some more gravy we'll have I'll to have spill some more beans and talk about more pranks yeah <laughs> yeah when your office <laughs> is done <laughs> yeah you got to awesome. get a green screen up. You got to Nick Fuentes it and get a green screen yeah. up and get a suit and tie on and pretend like you're a legitimate man in your mom's basement, right? <laughs> <laughs> you actually you can't do basements in Florida. Ooh, yeah, good call. Yeah, but, true. Yeah. So, but <laughs> yeah, right on. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Very cool. Thank you for inviting me.